Welcome to No Cartridge Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hegelbahn on Twitter, and I have with me uh, someone who is like, I feel based on your posts, is criminally underfollowed on Twitter, but uh, you're also not like in people's mentions begging them to follow you, which seems like the only, as I recall, uh, the only thing to do back in the day, like as someone who did that in like 2013. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, it's, it, 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 you just do it, man. Like that's, what you got to do uh their name is video james on twitter uh but their name in real life is craig cook and uh and they've had a lot of uh work experience in the games industry and is coming here to talk with us about it welcome craig good to have you hey how you doing pretty good not bad um <laughs> pandemic and all but we're, we're we're hanging in uh yeah i live out in sacramento california where the pandemic is just a swinging uh, we, we've had, we were discussing earlier about it, but we had like four restaurants shut down recently and it's like a little bit weird. I haven't really been going out. I've been going on walks and like putting on a mask and do you wear a mask on a walk? Oh, absolutely. I, I take okay. my dogs on walks. I go out with a friend on walks. Uh, here's, here's are, where I, here's where I pivot right into my, my whole, uh, Ben Shapiro, uh, thing that I'm going to make money off of. Uh, yeah. Do you have the, do you have the dogs wear masks too? Uh, what about, uh, what about the cats that they run into? Are they wearing masks? You know, the, the strays and everything out here, they're cool. They don't come up to you. They, they give social distancing, but my dogs can't wear masks. Uh, they have, they have breathing problems. They have, they have a lot of, uh, issues. They actually have special cards from the vet that say they don't have to wear masks, but uh, <laughs> this is good. This is our like tight five on, uh, on masks. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna kill it on the, uh, on the old uh, blue collar comedy circuit, once the once it opens up again, <laughs> Branson, Missouri is calling. Um, so uh, yeah, no, it's like it's it's weird being in Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania has was one of the earliest places to get hit, but also because we were right on the you know it, the metropolis, the megalopolis uh, rather was the the sort of like epicenter for a while, um, and so like you know anywhere close to New York got hit. Um, so we were, we had been like, we've been basically doing social distancing and, and light quarantining since the beginning of March. And so like it, it they're kind of lifting stuff now and so far so good. And in part, it's just because cases went so down in the state, but like, it's cool. Like you get a sense of confidence. You're like, oh, all right, cool. Uh, everything's, everything's going back to normal. And then you just look around you in the rest of the country and you're like, I don't think it is actually. <laughs> I think maybe everything's not going back to normal. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's weird yeah. being here when that's happening. Seeing all the different news and all the different states of everything shutting down and just kind of getting bummed out and not and not going out myself is has been a, a an enjoyable process because I've been able to really focus on being someone uh, instead of hmm. uh, you know just sitting around and doing nothing. um that's not bad no it's not it's 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 enjoyable to like go out and interact with like nature uh it's enjoyable to like pull out glue and tape and fix the the shit around your apartment that's like falling apart uh it's good to like i don't know uh, buy a synthesizer and just jam out uh nice something good good use of funds by the way yeah excellent um well you know i'm privileged I've I've lucked out. I was working in the restaurant industry right before the coronavirus hit. I was working two jobs and I was barely making things pass by. Uh, Yeah, it kind of sucked. Um, And the jobs weren't really enjoyable. The people, especially uh, working in bars and 
restaurants are really hard. Uh, the restaurant I worked in was was really chill though. It was really cool, like you know. But the bar I worked at was always rowdy, uh, and it's just okay. it's not it's not a fun industry to to jump into, especially if people are truly vile to food workers. <laughs> like I, my 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 a lot. I've never worked in 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 the food service industry uh, in part because my grandma my grandma always worked at the um, well as long as when I knew her. Uh, she worked at the back of of the diner, and like uh, she did the books at a diner that we just called the diner, oh. um, the RNS Keystone in uh, in Sellersville, Pennsylvania. And um, uh, in in most in all of her life prior to that, she like always worked in restaurants. Like every so often, she'd work somewhere else, but by and large, she worked in restaurants. And uh, and like she was a waitress most of the time, I would say. But um, she. Uh, like when when I was looking for jobs, I asked like, oh, maybe I could maybe I could like get a job at the at the diner. Like maybe maybe I could do that, like uh, have a uh, be a dishwasher or something. And she was like, I will absolutely not let you be a dishwasher. <laughs> and not because it's like a bad job, but because she was like, if I hear like those guys all uh, just say terrible things to the dishwashers in the back. And if I heard that, I would uh, <laughs> lose it and start beating them up with like a frying pan. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. I guess this is out then. Um, well, but I mean, I, we've I, all heard dumb shit. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just, just like I wouldn't care, but my grandmother would. So, yeah. Well, but, grandma um, doesn't know about Twitter. That, well, no. It, it, good, good news because she would yeah. be hunting down a lot of people. Yeah. My grandmother's whole saying was, uh, told me the wisdom she imparted to me as a child was, uh, if you want to make someone really pay, uh, don't kill them, shoot them in the kneecap so they'll remember you every step you take. Dude, I don't. Uh, that's awesome. I want that ground. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's someone that but can yeah, like no. protect you for sure. Yeah, no, she totally would. But like, so she's as a high level tank. I, I never... <laughs> that's right. No, she's basically a tank and a healer. Um, <laughs> but the... She's running food to you. That's right. Uh, she does do that. But the, yeah, so like, uh, she worked in she worked in in the restaurant business. She, she wouldn't let me. But my dad worked a lot as a, as a waiter and a server and stuff because he's an actor. So. Uh, when stuff is good, it's good. When stuff is not so good, he needs other jobs and he's always very flexible. Uh, so hearing what I've heard from their experiences and my friends' experiences and stuff, like I'm a, I'm a very loose person. I kind of live and let live. But the one thing that like, and my wife would tell you this, if you asked her the one thing that I kind of pushed on her in like a truly pushy way when we started dating was that you, you got to tip more than the people in Pennsylvania tip because these people go through a lot. <laughs> And it's I wonder like, what the it, average uh, out there is because oh in PA uh, probably ten to twelve percent. Oh okay, I mean that's that's pretty good. I mean I worked at a uh, bar that also served flat food. twenty or, or GTFO. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I I've gotten I've picked up some food recently around town, uh, and uh, I'm giving them like just a fucking 20 with me just there you go i don't care i'm picking it up this is this is your tip i'm taking the food that i paid for on the website whatever uh because it's just like uh uh that's what we got right now uh yeah yeah i, I feel like if you're not tipping <laughs> you're not tipping more than you thought you would tip uh in, in like non-pandemic times then what are you doing like <laughs> Well, that was you that gotta, was a that's hazard pay. That was a that was a hard thing about working in the restaurant industry is like uh, uh, the bar I worked at. It was very strenuous on its tip rules, mm. and I felt like I was always getting a lot less than I should. 
And I did every single uh. I did every single thing there. You know, I'm running drinks, I'm pouring beers, I'm help putting orders in, I'm answering the phone, I'm doing security, I'm checking IDs. Like we mm-hmm, had to mm-hmm. do it all, and we had to do it all at once. Uh, and that's the way they set it up. And uh, it was stressful because you're you know working an entire evening and closing the place down, and you know two o'clock hits, and you know Ugh, out here in yeah. California, two o'clock means everyone has to get out of the bar. You can't chill out and hang out okay. anymore like you have to it's, get it's out hard closing time yeah. yeah it's hard closing time but like some people that work in the industry are just like oh no let these people chill they just got here they just got their food i'm like dude it's two o'clock in the morning i'm ready to go to bed already <laughs> <laughs> these people just got here at two o'clock in the morning they knew the risks well it's like <laughs> even my co-workers who wanted to st- like because they're like oh we could probably get another couple beers for them when, when we're closing and you know but it's just like, yeah, we could maybe get that or we could start cleaning up and go home and go to bed <laughs> because like I don't want to stick around. We had to clean the entire place every night, too. And I yeah, don't want to sure, stick around and like till like four o'clock in the morning like we would. And like the bartender is like passed out drunk usually. And it's just like, oh, God, I got more problems I got to deal with with this job that isn't fun anymore. And I'm not making money. And they promised me I'm making money. And like I asked my boss for a raise at one point, and this was this was back last year. I worked there over a year, uh, right yeah. before COVID happened, and like right March fifteenth happened, and it just everything stopped. Got my last paychecks, right, sure. everything. But but you know I asked my boss uh, uh, earlier last year uh, to get a raise, and I was just like fifty cents is all I need right now, like because I was just I was making thirteen fifty, and I wanted to bring it up to fourteen. And (laughs) he was drunk at work and just lost his shit. And he was like, yeah, he was just like, you need to talk to me a different way about this. You need to bring it up in a different way and we need to talk about it. And I was just like, okay. Um, And and I'm kind of a dick. I I, I think it, it's just reflection. It's just a reflex. I was just like, uh, yeah, could I get 50 cents on my paycheck (laughs) an hour? Like just repeating myself. And he was, he, hey, just, he just got even, he just got even angrier. And like all we're, he and I are just sitting there stacking plates with, with pieces of uh, wax paper for the food that we're, we, we make. And there's no one else. There's no one, nothing else really going on in the bar. There's like, we have a, just a few, it's like seven o'clock in the afternoon or evening. <laughs> and yeah, it's just like, it's the perfect time to talk about a fucking raise. Hey, why not? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not like he'd be drunk now. No, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. Like two hours later, he passed out uh, in the in the office, and uh, he laid there for I don't know another six hours while I continued to run the place uh, by myself mm-hmm. with the the. Seems other like two. you deserved those fifty cents. Well, it it was just like the one of the bartenders came in right as we were closing, and he was like, "Hey, I just wanted to check on how things are going," and he saw me there by myself, and I'm like mopping and stuff like that. <laughs> goes in the back and sees the boss and he's like you're fucking kidding me <laughs> <laughs> and, and i was just that like uh, yeah and but that's that's why we're talking because like yeah all these fucking jobs suck um and and yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say like but but enough about video game development <laughs> like, this job that i liked and it's not fun anymore and yeah right like um it's true like like th- work, that work job those two jobs I had aren't coming back. Like they're, uh-huh. we're, 
they're trying to reopen, they've reopened, they're going to close down. Uh, that's going to be the, the cycle. That's going to be the nature of things. That's going to be like the cycle that we live in until we have some kind of a cure, uh, yep. I guess. I, other than continuing social distancing, I think that's, that's well, my best yeah, answer of course, for things. Because, I mean, we're literally never going, we're just not a, we're truly not a patient enough country to ever get to a point where it's so low that you could reopen for a while before another outbreak. It'll truly be just reopening huge outbreak, reactive closing a few weeks past people complain reopening reactive close. I mean, that's just what it's going to yeah. be. Well, I saw the, the places I worked at reopen and they didn't call anyone that had worked there to like, start again they, the the, the regulars well the the regulars who run the businesses or you know can do everything uh it's just they didn't need the 13 50 an hour people uh but oh. i did eventually get a raise by the way uh they bumped oh, me up good. another hour uh because uh minimum wage went up in california so uh <laughs> they got they got another dollar they got uh, they got what? me another dollar on the hour so just wait, wait by the river, and and the bodies of your foes will come to you. Uh, uh, no, this is California, so we're just gold panning at this point. Like you, you, <laughs> you, you hold your pan out w- when you go to work, and you hope you catch those tips that are falling. Uh, Sounds but... gold panning. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So, 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 tell me a little bit about like tell me. So, like, this is a really good intro to to just like thinking about work because I think like. This is a good this is a good approach to work for people who maybe I, I don't know if anyone's still coming here from the Brian episode, but like I mean this is a very street fight way of looking at work. It's a very sort of like I watch them constantly. Uh, oh, Street Fight's great. Oh, they're they're, they're amazing. I interact the nicest with people. Brian on Twitter, he's fucking cool. <laughs> he's the nicest guy in the world. Just, yeah. just great. I, I want to listen to stained with them. That's that's really what I want to do. I'm sure they do that. Like Brian, Brian was a uh, like Brian was nice enough. To, and Brett, I'm sorry, Brett and Brian were nice enough. We were just talking about Brian, but I would be loath to forget Brett, who's also well, one of my friends. Um, but you know, Brett and Brian asked me to to come and like guest a, at their Philly show. They were like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And I was like, "I I don't know." Like on that date, and they were like, "Yeah, we have a live show. Like if you want to come and and do something on it." And I, I said, "Sure." And it turned out like they really just. We're like, oh, yeah, so, like, you can be, like, really a huge part of the show. Uh, just, like, let us do the opening thing, and then you can come out and do the rest. And then they <laughs> paid me a little bit. I was like, well, this is unheard of. <laughs> like, this is Whoa. just, like, you, you're, like, actually, like, good people. Um, I love getting but, money. Yeah, no, surprise money. I mean, come on. It's like uh, getting paid for a podcast. Come on. Uh, it's a dream that someone brought up once. Uh, but the, yeah, like, they have a, a sense of work that I think kind of corresponds to a lot of people's like unspoken understanding of work, which is that it, it just like it can be horrible and like often is. And they kind of they're they're very good at at laying that out and being like, yeah, work's not a nice thing. Like we don't <laughs> like being at work. We don't like doing it. Like it's it's OK to not like work. It's OK to feel like you don't enjoy this. Um, we don't. And, and we're going to like, val- we're going to validate that for you. Hey, Trevor. But uh, like, I think, d- I think like that's something that is not always seen in the video game industry. In fact, like maybe never seen in the video game industry to say like, I just don't oh, like yeah. my job. So like, I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about like where you came from in, in gaming, like how'd you got into the industry and, and how you got this, this, uh, this 
refreshing, but like perhaps uh, non typical, atypical uh, uh, view of of what work is. Oh, I fucking hate working. Oh, <laughs> I, I actually, what I wanted to ask you, um, yeah, do you do you like to have fun? Uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, fun's but, good. Do you, do you think working is fun? No. Okay. Do you think uh, video games are fun? I do, but then I made them work. So I like it's tough for me. Well, guess like, what? This is my this is my job. And yeah, I know. I I'm, I made the fun thing work. Uh, uh, it's fun to work on video games. <laughs> oh, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, it can be it can be fun to to podcast about video games. I will say sometimes I do have a really good time. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes I fall asleep right before recording and like have to apologize to, you know, someone who I desperately want on the show. And I just say, like, I'm so sorry. I work all the time and I have to explain how this is actual work. Um, you know, I missed a lot of raids in World of Warcraft doing that um, because I worked really I mean, I, wild I schedules over did. the years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I missed I missed so many so much content. Ugh, it sucks. That sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That, that um, hurts to hear. But, uh, yeah, I started out, let's see, I've been, I worked in the industry for about seven years, uh, making, making a number of different games. But I really first ventured into making video games by modding. Uh, modding was a big thing uh, in my early childhood. Uh, modding and, and MMORPGs, actually. Uh, mm. So... I played a lot of Ultima Online. Um, Ultima Online came out in 1997, uh, and I was immediately enraptured with it because okay. you could you could walk your character around and you could you know have a nice little sword and shield in hand, and you could fucking hit things with it, and you could <laughs> collect gold, uh, you could collect uh, other weapons, you could pick up. What else is there really? Uh, you could pick up like barrels of hay. You could pick up like. Refuse, you could pick up statues, you could pick up, like, there were so many little items everywhere that were interactable, and, like, you could just pick them up and put them in your pack. Uh, but you're later sell, on... You're selling me in this Ultima Online thing. Oh, Where do I yeah. go to play that now? Uh, it's actually, I think it's, I want, well, I don't want to, like, advertise for them. Uh, I don't really like... Is it still, is it still a thing? Like, do, is it, I don't there think, aren't servers up there. Are I don't think Electronic Arts necessarily owns it. I think they're run by another studio now, but the servers are still up. They have a free-to-play version of it. Wow. Yeah, when I first started playing was in 1997, and that was when Origin Systems Online, I think that was what it was, OSI, they were still running it right before the Electronic Arts takeover. Uh, And uh, it was a very interesting, like, 1997, so I was 12 years old. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, a perfect time to get into MMOs because you just have a time. Well, it's like it was hands. it was summer, uh, and I remember my dad. Oh, my dad would make me mow the lawn and and do a whole bunch of other stuff to pay for the subscription, which was ten dollars <laughs> a month. But like, all Your dad the had work, the right idea. That is just well, like some some good like wheedling of your kid to be like, well, oh, honestly, you want this ten dollars subscription. Well, he didn't pay me it. enough for my labor. He really didn't. Listen, dads are allowed to not pay their kids enough. I, as a dad, I'm a manager in that way only, and I, I 
Stand by it. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not a father. I have two dogs, uh, uh, and and they uh, they just drive me insane. Well, yeah. When you're when you when you have dogs, they're basically they basically run you. But if you can trick your kids into doing labor for you, that's just like that's that's a that's a, a very uh, banal way to get vengeance on them. Um, well, it's just it, easy. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, doing doing chores for my dad, making the funds there. But I also worked for my parents uh, at a print. Sh- my my mother, my par- folks were divorced, uh, mm. but I worked. I also worked with my mother uh, at the print shop we had downtown in Texarkana, uh, and uh, it uh, that was what we survived on for a long time with her and the stepfather. But I would also play Ultima Online on the computer at work there. Uh, it, okay. and, and what was really interesting is that my, my dad's computer at his house, the sound cards were, were different from each other, you know? So I got different music and sounds for a long time until they moved from MIDI to digital until they put everything oh, to MP3. Great. Such so, a good experience. I yeah, know exactly how you feel because yeah, yeah. my parents <coughs> were also divorced and had different computers. So but like, also I, the graphics, I, I, the graphics quality were different too. And I was just like, yep. I feel like I was playing a different game at each house. <laughs> Yeah, no, for or sure. Or at each place. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, it was really enrapturing. And, I, and you get that kind of feeling when you first play a video game of, like, this is amazing. And I want to keep doing this forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people get that feeling in a lot of different ways, uh, especially, you know, for video games. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, there, there's something, especially like when they first played them, right? Like there is something magical about like the first game that really takes you, you, you feel like, okay, like I, this is something that's like special in some way. Like the way I felt about like Chrono Trigger or something was like mm. more than I feel about even games that I, I can acknowledge are better games. Like I, I, I'm, I'm. I'm old enough to acknowledge that on a like a quality basis, there are a lot of games that were better than Chrono Trigger. But like at the time, I uh, you know, and and for years after, it was like, well, this game's fine, but it's no Chrono Trigger. Like that game <laughs> feels something, and this game just is like fun. So um, yeah, no, for sure. Like when you when you first kind of experience a game that makes you feel like this sort of expansive possibility, it can be totally intoxicating. Yeah, and like comparing comparing games to each other and being. You know, that kind of contrarian, like, oh, well, it's not the, the thing that I absolutely love. Like, that was <laughs> pivotal to, to, you know, how you were as a gamer growing up in the 90s and, and even earlier 2000s for a while. <laughs> like, you latched onto yeah. something and just, you know, really, really made it about you. I was drawing, I remember in, in school, I was drawing, you know, in art class, I was like drawing my little uh, uh, Ultima Online avatar. Like from memory, oh, cool. like what he was wearing, like in my own little way, but like I turn it in and like you know get a grade for it, like. But like A plus, yeah, that was like middle school, <laughs> you know that 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 was simple stuff. Uh, but like I lost access to video games for a while growing up, um, mm-hmm. and I and we would borrow consoles and and stuff like that, and and borrow games from friends, and I would go over to friends' houses. Uh, uh, I spent the summer at a friend's house just playing Metal Gear Solid when it first came out. Just, I mean, con- sure. yeah, just, just constant, like just over and over again, we're like trying to see every single little thing we can get out of it. And it was that, you know, that's, that's the kind of like rapture that you get. Like you, you get so sucked up into it. You know, it, it really, 
it pushes down the rest of the world that you're actually living in. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm not going to be here to talk about my childhood, but like video games helped suppress That's a right, lot Bill of stuff. That's Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, like it's childhood corner. Start yeah, talking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to talk about all the stuff that happened, but it's just like video games definitely helped like soothe um, pain. And yeah. I lost my grandfather. Uh, it was 1998. Uh, and I remember just like, you know, melting down at the, the funeral and my mom was taking me home and she was like, what do you want to do? And I was just like, I uh, just want to play some video games. And she was like, okay, we're going to take you to the silver screen and get you something. And Silver Screen was the, the local uh, place that had the only place that had SNES games. Uh, so we rented, oh, okay. we rented Mega Man X2. I think it was Mega Man X2. Uh, and I, I basically, X's. yeah, yeah, I, one of the Mega Man Xs. And I just played through that the entire like week to kind of cope. Hmm. Um, and that's that was that's actually the first real memory I have of like using video games to escape. Like I played Ultima Online and stuff because it was cool and I liked killing other dudes and monsters and taking their stuff. But like like using video games like a console game, you know, you can disassociate a lot better um, because you can like put yourself into the media without interacting with other people. No, it's very true. And like, but like, it's funny, it's funny you say that. Cause like, I think, you know, one of the things that I've said it on the podcast before, um, like I would say that the game that got me through quarantine initially was this gotcha game called Ark Knights, which I mean, I'm still playing a lot of, um, <laughs> and the game I play probably more than any other game at this point, just in part, cause I'm trying to finish it for the book, but in part just cause like, um, you know, I like it is uh, Final Fantasy 14 and they're both online games. And I, for a long time, would have told you like, like games with the community. I like single player games. Um, and I mean, Arknights is PVE, so it's close enough, but like the, uh, you know, like the one thing about games of late, like I guess that's the wrong way of saying it. The one thing about games that have come out within the past few years is that they, and I guess by that, I mean like the last decade is that they, somehow understand how to make it both always online and a personal individual solipsistic escape. Like they've just like, they've nailed the psychology of people that need to get away, which is equal turns disturbing and uh, impressive. Um, I call that the dark souls of video games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do, do you actually call it that? No, no. Okay, I, that's I, just I, something okay, I came up ahead. with. Uh, but that, I mean, that that kind of describes Dark Souls to me because you can jump in solo and disconnect from the internet, but you can connect to the internet and then you're like being invaded by uh, Ass Lord Four Twenty and having a grand old time with the Drake. Uh, yeah, it, it's also fun. Yeah, it's it's also like truly funny to like to. I mean, like, I think Dark Souls is one of those things where, like, you get angry the first time it happens, right? Because you're just mm -hmm. like, well, this isn't the game that I, I... I shouldn't have been killed. I was just standing here doing the game. And then, like, after you get used to the game, it just gets funny when, like, you're invaded by someone. You're like, oh, this guy's <laughs> going to absolutely murder me. I better run away. Like, well, what that, am I going to do? That brings me back to Ultima Online, though. And the, the social interaction that you get is, like... I remember the first player killer I encountered. 
And he just oh. like he just ran up. I was fighting lizard men in the swamp. I was having a fucking granal time after uh, class. I got home, logged on after finishing homework, and there I am, and in my full plate mail and like heater shield and like Viking sword, whatever it was. And he Christ. just fucking runs up on me, throws a few spells, uh, takes doesn't take everything, just takes a few things, and then bounces. And I was like. <sighs> I could, you know, you can, you turn into a ghost when you die and you can watch the people do stuff. And I just sat there for a second and I was just like, oh God, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> like, this was the first time, like, like, and I just kind of like panicked and, you know, I'm like, I'm upset. And then I was just like, okay, well, I guess yeah. I got to walk back to the healer now. <laughs> There's only so, so much you can do. Yeah. It's just like, well, oh, oh okay. I got to start over. That's fine. All right. Well, let's do that. You know, you, you, you accumulate skills over time uh, by, by training. So, like, you can kind of, like, catch up if you're not too weak. And you can, like, go drop stuff off on the bank. So you always have backups. And, and I, I accumulated all sorts of stuff and stole things from people and uh, uh, just, you know, lied and cheated and, and, <laughs> and got away with a lot of just dumb things that... I don't think even even a kid, even now, I think that it was some of the stupidest things. And my favorite encounter in Ultima Online was, uh, it was probably around the, the, the time of the Second Age. I think it's when the Lost Lands got introduced. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and so you, you had to go and say like certain phrases to, to transport a portal through. Uh, and, but like you could, you could be like a murderer and like run around through and, and get through to the lost lands. No problem through dungeon entrances or, uh, like you'd get on a ship and, and get over there. It's kind of cool. Uh, but like I, I, uh, went through the town encountered this guy and he was like trying to murder me. And I just went back through the portal and the portal was near a house that I had owned. Oh. And yeah, I just like went to my house and I chilled out, uh, and I went back through and I, got into the guard zone around the moon portal, uh, the moon mm -hmm. that's sitting there. And he pops out and starts hitting me, and the guard comes and whacks him. <laughs> uh, uh, and so he drops everything, so I started looting because he's a murderer. Uh, and you, yeah, you, don't, he, you don't get penalized. Sad. Yeah, you don't get penalized for uh, looting a murderer's corpse. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> he had, like, he had his... that's actually, that's actually written into, into every law since Hammurabi. You, you can do that. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, if the, if, if a guard comes up and, you know, uh, bonks him on the head, you can take whatever you want. Uh, this guy was trying to kill me. Please feel free to take all of his stuff. Criminal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I took his key, took his rune that he had on him, took all of his stuff. And he's obviously like Russian to, to get to his house and, and all that stuff. And I used the rune. Uh, you, you can you know, recall any rune that's marked. Uh, and it pops up right next to his house. I walk in and I just start taking everything. Uh, <laughs> because it's like, it's, this, is, this is the economy in Old Spawn Online at one point. is just, you can, if you have someone's key, you can enter their house. There's no like special rules that you can restrict. That's uh, funny. Yeah. So that is kind of fun. That is really fun, actually. Uh, that is because you're just breaking the law. Uh, yeah. you're getting, you're getting away with it. Um, and you know, there, there are no cop, you are the cop at, at this point, like, you know, terrorizing someone that, that had assaulted you. Uh, so I, I take all this stuff and I put it back and I tell, I recall back to my place, put all the stuff in and I log off. And, you know, it's just like, I'm, I'm 
I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm having a grand old time. I don't want to spoil it for myself. Uh, so with yourself. Yeah. 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 So the next day I, I, you know, same routine. I, I get home from school, do my homework, do my chores, log on time to play. I'm futzing around my house. I'm looking at my loot. I'm going through everything. I'm figuring out what I'm going to sell. And this dude walks up outside and he's just like, Hey, uh, I'd like my stuff back. <laughs> and you can see people talking from outside your house, but they can't see you okay. if you're inside talking. Nice little system. Uh, That's nice, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you could, you'd have to walk outside or open your door. So I was just like, well, I'm not scared of this guy. Like, uh, he has, he's obviously on a new character because he's like not a murderer anymore. He's just wanting his stuff back. He's like, he's like, you, you I attacked you yesterday and uh, uh, you looted all my stuff. And I was just like, really? Did I, so did I did. Did that happen? Um, what was the person's name? And my character's name was Glenn. Uh, we'll throw back to Chrono Trigger there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nice. I like uh, yeah, that. yeah. My my character's name was Glenn. Just two ends, and he, and I was just like, he was just like, well, their name was Glenn, but, and I was like, oh, well, you know, you can just name any character you want. You can you can just make a new character and name that person Glenn. Are you sure that was me? Because like <laughs> it. it I just told a lie. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, and and I, I don't remember if there was like that much of a restriction. I know you can only have like three or four or five characters at one point. Or, uh, uh, right. Characters on an account, but your name length could only be like <laughs> 10 characters or 12 characters long or something. Uh, and I don't know if they allowed repeats or not, but I just lied. And the guy was just like, oh, really? That can happen? And I was like, yeah, uh, this is a video game. And he just—he was like, "Oh, sorry, just like, man." He well, was like, uh, "Oh, okay. Uh, well, I'm gonna try to rebuild my stuff." And I was like, "Oh, well, hold on." And I went inside and I put a couple of things that I'd taken from him into a bag, <laughs> and I set the bag outside and I put it on the porch and it had his rune inside of it as well. Uh, and then I, <laughs> I I put it on my front steps and I was like, "There you go." And I closed the door. <laughs> uh, and then he's just like, he just starts screaming at me and I'm just like, okay, well, there you go, bud. <laughs> and you know, that's, that's, that's the kind of weird, you know, social interactions that you can get up in, in, I'd, I'd say sandbox MMOs. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like I, I imagine you could still do that in like black desert online or whatever. Oh yeah. Uh, what was, there was another one like called raid or rage or. Uh, yeah. I remember it was it was pitted as you know a successor to Ultima Online, and uh, you know I, nothing will really bring back that feeling. Nor will nothing like even an emulated shard won't bring back that kind of emergent gameplay that you had. Yeah, sure. Uh, because the internet changed really quick. Like, like the way people talk to each other and the way games kind of started forming and economy started building and the way people uh, started power gaming. And like, I remember when Ultima Online, suddenly it became about how much gold you had. And like, you couldn't even stack a full stack of gold up past a certain amount because of like bit limits on the server side. <laughs> <laughs> and like, people are like, oh, I've got 2 million gold. And I'm like, really? I've got fucking sweet items that I've been looting. Gold really isn't that important. Because you would like trade stuff. You would just be like, I'll give you this uh, halberd of wounding uh, for, you know, whatever that. And, and like 300 gold. Uh, yeah. And then suddenly the gold economy started really, really ramping up. And you're just like, oh, well, I got to change the way I play. Uh, 
And that's when, for me, MMORPGs changed. And that was when power gaming kind of became the thing. Is like suddenly the forums are filled with, you know, uh, after a year of, of playing, the forums are filled with people who are interested in the game. Uh, because Ultima yeah. Online got really popular with the, with their first expansion release. I think they had like I was the a most... huge game. I remember people playing it and like yeah. Yeah, I I knew tons of people who played it, yeah. And it, and and it was an, it was quite an experience to see like within the game and like how things changed. And suddenly, you know, you got to start forming roving packs of, you know, squads of people because there's a lot of people online and people will just straight up murder you for anything. Right. <laughs> so the the accumulation of gold occurs and like they start introducing, you know, new systems and rules and things like that. And I think they eventually split off into like a, a Trammel Feluca uh, uh, split where one, you can have, you know, free roam PvP uh, and the other has like free roam PvE, but the monsters don't drop as much loot or something like okay. that. So you it, like going into the free roam PvP areas will... Uh, uh, reward you more but you know that's the that's what the risk is for and i that's that's a good option for video gamers like that's that's kind of i thought a lot of people thought that was really bad they thought it like diluted the game but it kind of gives people a different play style it gives people a different experience to understand the game uh and that you know drives people away but it you know really brings a lot of different people together and that the, the influx of people in Ultima Online also brought up forth a lot of different role-playing, brought in faction PvP, and brought in a whole, whole bunch of really cool ideas that like went on and, and, and went into other MMOs down the line. Yeah. Um, and and like everything in video game development and video game stuff is just some, someone comes up with an idea, you know, and they, they create it and they make it, and it's, it's, it's mediocre. Uh, and then <laughs> someone else sees it and then goes, I can do it fucking better. Uh, <laughs> and and they give it a try, and you know yeah. we, we get games like uh, eventually, you know, uh, uh, death. I think death. Someone told me Death Stranding is super systems deep. Like there's something introduced every few minutes for a while, and then like you're playing for nine hours, and you suddenly got a new system that that you, you're interacting with. And I'm like, what? Like that's kind of cool. Like I love systems. Like I want to interact continuously with a game. Uh, right. I want to pick up statues and put them in my backpack and sell them to some dude later. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, there uh, are a lot of no, it's, it's true. There are a lot of various weird economies and systems and uh, dynamics going on in Death Stranding. That is true. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. But like picking up items and and you know the gold economy and all this stuff. Suddenly, you're spending a lot of time playing a game. And, like, I remember my grades, my grades were always kind of, like, I was an average student. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't really like school. I was always reading or, you know, drawing or uh, just kind of not getting along with other kids. I was thinking about computer games. I was thinking about computers. Uh, I loved fucking sitting in, like, computer class and knowing how to do all the little cool things to kind of... Every just... kid in high school loves talking to... Uh, about uh, making computers. Yeah. Well, it's uh, like it's like I installed IRC on every single computer I touched uh, in school uh, because I started playing uh, uh, Tribes, uh, Tribes the, the first-person yeah. shooter, Tribes. 
mm-hmm. and that that was something that that really had an interesting community that really kind of brought things around for myself. Uh, and eventually, I got like my high school buddies playing that with me, and we were like in the library, like installing it on the three computers we had in high school or four however many we had and just like fucking having a land game right there and figuring out how to do it and then having the the school's admin come in and shut it all down because you know they figured it all out on us uh uh, but like we 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 shared a single disc uh and we all eventually got like uh, better PCs. I remember my mom brought home some kind of Dell. I think she spent a couple hundred bucks on it and it it mm-hmm. ran, but it, it could run tribes. Uh, yeah. it, it couldn't, it could barely run Diablo 2. I remember installing that eventually when it came out, but it ran tribes. Uh, so, and we had a modem. We got a modem. And that was like, at home, that was a whole different experience. Uh, I eventually stopped playing Ultima Online because like that time factor became too much. Like I couldn't catch up in the game anymore. I coun't really keep up. Uh, and you know, I was a young kid and like the, that power gaming really didn't grasp me then. Uh, so yeah, no, you know, I think, I think for, if you're just having fun in the game, power gaming seems, I mean, typically it just seems kind of like a, like a bastardization or like a, uh, that's the wrong word. Maybe like a corruption of like what's actually fun about the game. Uh, I think of nowadays like emergent gameplay and that, you know, mm. power gaming, at least in MMOs, like strips away the emergence that you have, like, uh, as you're exploring. Because I, I, I eventually, I mean, we can, we, I eventually, you know, went on to play like World of Warcraft and, and things like that. But uh, uh, Tribes is where I got like my foot in uh, to kind of like understand how games work. And what was really interesting about Triumphs is you could just open up all their, their files and just edit the, the C, sh- I think it was C code uh, oh, okay. <laughs> in most of it. Yeah. Uh, Whoa, and nice. Yeah. And you could just like start making modifications to the game uh, and run a server and have the server pick up all those modifications and your friends would be able to join that server and download your modifications and like suddenly your disc launcher is shooting like, you know, uh, like a shotgun, uh, three discs at once. Uh, and it's, it's all server side. <laughs> so it was really, That's really cool. cool. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. So we, we got to experiment. We got to play around, uh, and tribes like playing online. It, it's community was wild. Uh, such so, so, so an interesting thing that came out of it was, uh, you know, one, one-on-one duel dueling, you know, having arguments on an IRC and, you know, going onto a server to one-on-one duel someone, uh, and they are on like a better, you know, 56k connection than you. Because uh, you, <laughs> you live out in the the boonies, <laughs> and you're you're getting 14.4 at least. Uh, so you know they they yeah. <laughs> there's obvious you know latency issues, but like there was the mind disc combo, and it could just like splatter anybody as soon as as soon as you pulled it off. Uh, and I mean, that's, that's all it was, was whoever got that combo off first, uh, one and you, and you'd always set your duels up the same, uh, and, and, you know, start trying to ski away from each other, but it's, it's like, you know, whoever has the quickest you know, latency, whoever has the quickest hand on the, on their draw, uh, <laughs> it's very much like so, yeah. cowboy well, yeah, aesthetics like, like in a video stars. game. Yeah, six yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, and, and. That was like interacting with that, like that, 
it was just funny because you would just start fights on IRC or, or even on forums and just be like, hey, let's fucking one-on-one, on, one on one, dude. Let's do it. Like, you just, over just dumb things as a kid. Just settle it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and, and eventually, you know, it ended up turning into some, you know, you know actual practice lifestyle uh, in video games. Competitive, competitiveness is, is something that, you know, comes out of all of that. Uh, and uh, Tribes wasn't really, like, like I'd say a competitive game, but the competitiveness drove players to do creative things. Uh, And I eventually found that people were making a RPG mod inside of Tribes. Uh, And I became raptured again. And I suddenly was spending all my time playing that and interacting with the people and learning how the RPG mod worked. Uh, And then I was editing my own version of the RPG mod and like seeing what other people have created. Uh, Another throwback to Chrono Trigger is there's this, I I remember interacting with this guy, he made a Chrono Trigger server for Tribes RPG and it was themed off the the Zeal world, I think it's Zeal. Uh, the the floating the floating continent with the the yeah, ice yeah. the the frozen world below, uh, yeah, it was straight up that uh, like he had the frozen world below, and then if you had the right tools or found the right area, you could get up up in the sky because it's tribes, and there's a f- whole floating continent he had built. That's uh, but really cool. It, yeah, it was crude, but like you're you're not like uh, you know expecting. Uh, a blender 3d model you know in 1999 uh from modders you're you're seeing them stack up you know the the pre-existing models in interesting ways and then uh running all the bot scripts with with uh because they 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 got the bots working uh all sorts of interesting ways to like put in uh, uh make a first person shooter where you just shoot each other in these team matches into an mmorpg um, and it, it had its whole skill system and, and weapon system and spell system and, and all that. And the graphics weren't anything to, to like really care about, but that's not what really is what gaming is about. Uh, it was, yeah. you know, it was what it made you feel. Uh, it had really interesting music. Uh, I, the, the original modder was this guy like named, I think it was Jeremy Iron. Not like the actor, okay. but but yeah, yeah. Uh, and he would post on these forums, and I just remember interacting with him and all these other people, and uh, you know, and I, I, we all know that like we were kids, like we were we were thirteen, fourteen years old, talking to each other about this stuff, uh, <laughs> and like, but was it very... like so, so was this something like was was it like this that sort of sparked your interest in actually making games? Yeah, I suddenly I I was looking at all these these scripts and like putting together, you know, dungeons and uh, uh, basically making spreadsheets of also information uh, for like skills and and items and and all these things for for uh, this game. And and I remembered like, oh, man, Ultima Online was a lot of fun. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, the fuck. Ultima Online was a lot of fun. Uh, so I, they started uh, doing free shards, but also EverQuest had come out, uh, and so it was like I was torn between you know figuring out these free shards for Ultima Online that people had already reverse engineered, or moving on to a new MMO 
and I immediately bounced off of EverQuest. Thank God, because I know people that played that game, and I could not get into it. <laughs> I mean, also that was that was the game that that just like destroyed people's lives too. Like, oh I feel yeah, like even more than WoW, EverQuest oh, just yeah. just absolutely ripped people <laughs> apart. It's weird stuff. I I love video games, but I also hate them, and and. Mm. Uh, I, I played some free shards for a bit with Ultima Online and got into power gaming because I started figuring mm. out spreadsheets with, with uh, uh, you know, working in, in this mod and, like, having fun with my friends. And, you know, high school, high school kind of ended in uh, 2004, but, like, our gaming kind of, like, gaming together stuff ended in, like, 2001. And I'm just going to go ahead okay. and blame, I'm just going to go ahead and blame 9-11. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. I ended up in things, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just going to blame it on 9 11. Uh, but yeah, I was playing Ultima Online again for a little bit. I got into power gaming finally. I figured it out. Uh, uh, but like, I was, you know, making spreadsheets of like where monsters should spawn and like what kind of items I was creating and, and all these other things. And it was always like something on my mind again. Uh, and eventually I was like drawing out my own maps for mm. what I wanted a new continent in Ultima Online to be and what all the dungeons were going. And I'm just like, this feels kind of good. I like doing this. Uh, and I remember talking to my older brother about it. And he's seven years older than me. And uh, uh, that kind of led into the conversation like what, you know, how you make video games. And, you know, we talked mm. about that. Uh, my brother went on to become an illustrator. Uh, and oh. he studied a lot of stuff about video games uh, and has done video game art. He's He's got oh, cool. art out there. Yeah. Uh, it's super, it's super fucking rad. He took the direction after our discussion of like, let's let's in the future make a video game, you know? Let's come together. Let's figure out what it takes. And I got super into cartoons for a while. And mm -hmm. I really loved the way Ultima Online looked. Like, it had this very earthy feel to it, I guess. It, it kind of grounds you in a fantasy world, but it's not, like, over the top. Um, it's it's kind of, like, neutral in, in everything. But, like... Just the, the emergent gameplay, you know, the weird stuff you see. They had uh, this whole e economic system that they had to strip out of the game that was just very interesting to watch. You know, you'd watch animals spawn and hunt each other down and they'd eat each other and the corpses would just disappear and, and all this <laughs> stuff. And, and, like, they had to strip it out because suddenly, like, parts of the game, like, they're, they're barren because, you know, there aren't enough deer around for a wolf to spawn because the players are just oh, fucking okay. destroying them all. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. so like the, that, that cool like uh, biographic economy or, or biology uh, what am I trying to say here? Like, uh, Biosphere. Economy? Yeah. yeah, the, the, biosphere. The, yeah so, something. One of those things. Yeah. The, this thing that they had created just didn't work because of player interaction. And, uh, uh, yeah, like, like there was, there's, there's all sorts of systems that, that you could interact with in all of this. And it really led to me like thinking like, oh, well I can just make my own game. Like I'm going to make my own game. That's what's mm -hmm. going to be. But I never really got to make my own game. 
I lost access to computers for a while uh, through high school. Uh, family stuff kind of changed. Uh, the views on video games also changed for my family. Mm. Um, I was they suddenly being a positive. Well, I was allowed like 30 minutes a day suddenly instead of like three hours. Unfettered access. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, well, this kind of sucks. It doesn't really. And then I wasn't allowed to play online games anymore. And yeah, it's just like, oh, well, you're just you're spending too much time playing games. So was it? I mean, like you you could tell me if you'd rather not talk about it, but like it was it was it like just they they were worried about you because they had been reading something different or what? No, uh, there was a lot of different problems with my family at the time. Mm. And uh, people, you know, people change. Yeah. And sure. and things and, and trauma happens and trauma yeah. and, and like it's using video games to escape that trauma was something that I did. And I think what they saw was me not handling my problems, but at the same time, okay. those, those okay. problems as a child, as a, you know, a young teenager, those problems are not solvable by you because they're, they're, those problems are caused by adults who are interacting with you. Who, well, and they're, they're problems for adults. Uh, even if they are caused by the adults around you, they're, they're, they're problems that are far too big for you to yeah. deal with. So, age. you know, you're, you're thrusted into things that, you have no control over because you're just a fucking kid. And so you want to escape and you want to get away from that trauma. Um, and that is then suddenly seen as an addiction by those people causing you trauma. Okay. Yeah. So their answer to that is just to remove it, just to take it away. Um, and that was something that was done with me. And suddenly, mm -hmm. like, I, I mean, I don't want to get into it, but like, I felt like I was living in a prison. And okay. like my, my father is an extreme conservative Fox News dude. And like okay. suddenly, you know, like every TV on in the house at Fox News. And like my dad, yeah. I, think we ha I think we had three TVs. I think, I think there was one in the living room, one in the office that was really small. And then one in my dad's room. Extremely each, important to have them all on. Each, all the each one of them was blaring uh, uh Fox News. Remember, I blamed everything on 9-11. <laughs> and, and, and you were right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Fucking God. Uh, yeah, the, the, day my, it. the day my dad nailed up a photo of George H.W. Bush in the office, I physically became scared of him. H.W.? Uh, well, like, I, uh, yeah. Wait, yeah, why, why did he hang up H.W.? Sorry, sorry. George W. Bush, okay, okay. junior, like, junior. Yeah. I was like, what? He, what he, he? <laughs> he put up that a photo is, of him okay, right yeah, above, that, that right above the computer sense. monitor, right above the computer monitor. Yeah. That and makes then, sense to be scared of. I, and then HW isn't it with two, any better, two but flags. it would just be so cryptic. He flanked yeah. it with two American flags. Like it was a shrine. Weird. Yeah. Weird. And then the Fox news started. And then like, I had to stay in my room all the time. Yeah. And then like, I wasn't allowed to go see my friends. And suddenly I was only allowed to read my school books. Suddenly mm -hmm. we're going to church. Suddenly all these changes are happening that I have no control over. Okay. Uh, so, and so it's like, like truly, truly a moment where like, oh, all of a sudden my whole <laughs> life is changing because my dad is interested in this like new political shift. And, and the, the, the politics was there before. 
but it didn't happen uh-huh. until like the Fox News stuff. Like it didn't right. it didn't get bad until that was on all the time. And you're just going like, what the fuck is going on here now? Like I was lost right. in video games and now I got this whole like crazy political thing breathing down my neck. And you don't know anything about. Of course not. And then 9-11. Yeah, I'm going to blame it again. God, 9-11. Yeah, when those towers fell. Uh, um, funniest fucking uh, thing I ever saw. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, boy, um, now we're going to get canceled. Oh, um, no. But yeah, so like, no, but you're right. Like it is, it is uh, that I think in a lot of ways that is just like almost the opposite, right, of of what you were talking about in terms of like the the escapist quality of video games. Like it is it is one of those things where all of a sudden you're 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 thrust into the situation and you can't possibly escape it. And yeah. anything you're given to escape it is uh, is taken away from you. So mm-hmm. you're you're yeah, I mean like of course it would increase the appeal of video games, I would imagine, but also like because they you remember them as as good and and fun. But then also like just, you know, they're not there anymore. Yeah. That's rough. Well, when when things kind of started changing again, I was close to 18. I had just graduated high school. Uh, I was pretty much done with like where I was living and what was going on. A lot of bad things happened and I wanted to get out of it. So I left that little town that I grew up in, Texarkana, um, and went to like Boulder, Colorado to chill out, live live with my brother, try to like figure out what we're going to do. And yeah, I fucked around there for a little bit and didn't do anything. (laughs) Uh, But life is... It's important not to. No, no. I mean, like, we were struggling. There's a lot of struggle in a lot of this. Like, there's... uh, You know, you're moving from place to place. You're kind of not, you know, situated for a very long time. Uh, At least with my mom, you know, living with her and, like, having my dad, you know, with visitations, like... My mom had to move around a lot because we didn't have a lot of money. And mm-hmm. so we had to like continuously shift things. But my dad was very comfortable in his insane lifestyle that he had. Um, and when we were there, it you know, was a very oppressive thing. So we, we had to, to split. And like, I think at one point, we t- I took all the Super Nintendo games and the Super Nintendo that we had, and I took it and I bought a Dreamcast. I okay. sold it. Yeah, Dreamcast had come out. And it was like 2002. Uh, no, no, it was like 2003. Sorry. Uh, uh, and I bought a Dreamcast, and my little sister was super pissed at me because you know all those games were super rare or whatever it be. And like I didn't really care because the guy that sold me the Dreamcast gave me a disc with every single Super Nintendo game on it, <laughs> uh, and it had an emulator that ran through the fucking Dreamcast. It was the most genius thing I'd ever seen. And so like I, mean, I showed that. that I, yeah, I showed that to her, and she was still pretty pissed. But like oh, I, no, I well, no. I had kept the the I'd kept two games, and and a lot of people are going to be very jealous of this. But I kept Super Metroid, and I kept uh, uh, the the copy of Earthbound that I had found. Oh, yeah. nice! My town had a fucking copy of Earthbound, and I snatched that up at the store, and I paid a lot of money for it <laughs> when I was a little kid to to basically like. I think play one of the trippiest games I still have fever dreams about. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and like, right on. so like she still has those and I'm really glad that she still has those, but like, yeah, yeah I, I got that Dreamcast, and, and like I split town. Uh, and then I think I, I, I had to sell the Dreamcast again to kind of make things meet. Uh, uh, and I lived in Boulder, Colorado, 
uh, live with my brother there, tried to make men's meet, and then I moved out to California. And as soon as I got to California, I, you know, tried to put my life together. I got a job at a hotel. Uh, I then eventually moved on to work at uh, EB Games, okay. the, ele- the electronic boutiques. A GameStop, I, I think, is what it eventually turned into as well. I think I worked there for a full solid year until my boss gave me a nickel raise and I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you quit over the nickel raise? Because it was insulting. <laughs> No, I just, it, I still didn't have enough hours to like really oh, okay. do anything with money. Like I was just spending it on yeah. gas to, to commute to work at the mall. So I got a job as a security guard. <laughs> nice. And uh, I did security for like five years, but I went through school uh, and I got like married and, you know, did life things. Uh, I studied computer science for a bit and nothing really stuck like, I understand all the concepts. I understand, like, how to build systems and, and how to program. But, like, I can't get knee-deep in programming like an engineer can. Uh, like, someone who has gone to school for four years and knows how to program, like, y'all are magicians with, with what you're capable of doing. I have to sit <laughs> everything in a spreadsheet, and I got to, like, make numbers go up. <laughs> and I know, and, and like you know, just just coming and 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 documenting and designing uh, uh, all the little things that you kind of come up with when you're like modding or or you know running your favorite Ultima Online shard. Like someone has to be able to make that stuff. You can't just do it yourself. Right. And I, that's what I found you know early on, and that's what the community, like the the tribes modding community, was for. It's what tribes RPG was created as. Like it was a community driven thing. Uh, it brought people together to make something, and that is what really drew, drew me to video games because that's what has been going on for a long time. Is that a whole bunch of people get together and they make something really cool. And I don't know if that's art, like. We can we can have that discussion another time, uh, but like, I don't really I don't have any big ideas over whether or not like that's art in a conceptual sense. Uh, but labor, but could be, but, but it's, it's labor, definitely yeah. labor. It's it's labor, yeah, and sure. it's and it's and you're producing something. You're putting something together, and like that's I went to school to kind of like interact with people more than I did really learn anything. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. because like I talked to my professors and like, uh, uh, I, there was a video game class at the college I took and we took it and we made a game, uh, in game maker oh, cool. and everyone got to like, you know, come together. And this was like 2006, 2007. It wasn't, it wasn't too long ago, but like, it feels like an eternity. And I wasn't really like learning anything. I was more like getting good practice in for, you know, the math that I need to know to, to build, uh, a raid uh, yeah. for for a hundred people, or, or things like that. Uh, uh, Makes event, sense. Yeah, yeah. But like you know, learning how to write good. <laughs> I learn write good. Yeah, learning how to write right. good. Uh, you know, uh, whenever you're you 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 are designing games, at least for me, uh, I just have a notepad open on my desktop and it just starts getting filled with like stream of consciousness ideas. And then I kind of whittle that down into, uh, uh, what's going to happen next or, you know, what kind of content is this being created as, 
uh, and then like just kind of like having fun with it, not really thinking too hard, and then moving on if it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and <laughs> I, I saying that makes me think of that fucking tweet from yesterday about Blizzard, the guy from Blizzard who's like, make games at home. If you can't do it, then you're, maybe you're not you know built out for this industry. But you should be oh, programming all that. the That's time. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. it was thing. thirty years met, of Blizzard. Yeah, Come I met on. Scott Hanna once. He's an inker. Uh, I don't know if you read comics or not, but he's an inker. I, when I used to read comics, I knew his name a lot uh, for Marvel mostly, but also DC. Like He's a very successful guy. Um, but I, I wanted to write for comics for the longest time. It used to be my dream. And uh, the um, when I asked him how to do it, his answer was uh, practice and do do it every single day. Write every day. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. it. Just like the worst answer I've ever heard in my life. It's like it's it's the kind of answer someone gives when they truly have no <laughs> idea how they got their job. Well, it's like uh, uh, when I was a kid, I played with Legos every day. I loved it. Like I did it every day, and I was really good at it. But that's not a transferable skill as an adult, unless you're, I don't know, playing Minecraft as a streamer. Oh, <laughs> huh. even maybe. then, yeah, or at least Roblox. Uh, <laughs> but like, like going through college in its normal sense and like living through life. Like I got married and I supported another person and like we lived our life together. Uh, and I worked just the shittiest fucking security jobs. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think for two years I did 55 hours a week, maybe 60 at a high rise building, uh, where I stared at a blank gray wall. Uh, well, it, it it was like 10, 11, 12 hour days sometimes of staring at a blank wall because I sitting, I'm sitting in a dock that has to be guarded for, you know, intruders uh, and then, you know, ingress and exit for the delivery of packages and stuff. This is a high rise building here in Sacramento. Uh, and like it was just monotonous, stressful stupidity from every single like point of entry i never really interacted with any like terrible like strangers no one ever came up and started shit it was always like the building manager yeah the 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 building manager would like sneak around and like spy on us (laughs) and and i you know this isn't about video games this is more about you know work but the worst experience i had in in security like i got assaulted i got beat up a couple times. I got shot with paintball guns, like doing all these different security guard jobs. Uh, But, you know, I'm making just above minimum wage doing this fucking garbage. Like, it is miserable. I was was just so mad and sad and depressed. Uh, But the the one thing that really struck me out once is is my grandfather was passing away. And uh, I wanted to talk to him before he'd gone. Uh, This is another grandfather. This was, yeah, yeah. Uh, this was okay, this okay. is my mother's. This is my mother's father. Sorry, that's a, an insensitive question, but I just wanted. Oh to... no, no, it's fine. This is this is years. You know, this is like uh, I'd say this is about two thousand eight. Yeah. So uh, thanks, Obama. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna do all the great jokes. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, I was on the phone with my grandfather, and he can't talk. He can hear. And like mm-hmm. I can hear other, and he's often he's often uh, Texas and where my mother was taking care of him and stuff, and I'm out here 
And I was just saying bye. And I was telling him what was going on, what I was doing. Uh, and the building manager walked up on me and she started screaming yeah. at me because I was on the phone. Because that was a rule. Can't be on the phone when you're on the job. Uh, personal phone. Not the cell phone they give us to talk to our bosses who check in on us every hour. Yeah, well, you can always <laughs> be on that. Yeah, yeah, I can always be on that. But, like, I just turned to her, and I was like, I'm on the phone with my dying grandfather. Can you give me five minutes? And, like, I'm fucking crying. I'm having an emotional moment. And she still continues to, like, berate me and tell me to get yeah. off the phone and all this other stuff. She, she goes immediately upstairs and calls my manager. Uh, and I get written up. And I'm just like, fuck this. I get written up, and I get put on some kind of, like, weird probation. And so... I just didn't care. I was just like, fuck this. I'm going to have my phone out all the time now. <laughs> nice. There you go. Uh, but like, I kept it hidden. I was pretty good at it. And I think I lasted about two months before I got caught again. Uh, and I was just like, I, I don't remember what I was looking at. I was just looking at something on my phone, maybe texting my ex-wife or something. And uh, she, the, the building manager just popped around the corner. And she just lost it again. And, you know, you can't, like, fight back because this person no. is your boss, but they also aren't your boss. They're just the person in charge of the building that you're at. That's it. They're just there to, to make sure you're doing your job. And it's yeah. like I'd worked there for years, and I knew all the people that came through, and they knew me. And you, don't, you, you interacted with maybe a dozen people a day, maybe, maybe two dozen on a busy day. But, like, you know, big moves would come through, so you'd have to stay late you know, because office buildings are like that. And it's right. just, you know, you're just kind of sitting there doing nothing for hours and hours and hours. But I got to, like, you know, do my homework. That was cool. She was okay with schoolwork there. Uh, and, like, yeah, I got moved to another site. Um, and that site was a little bit harder to deal with because the schedule was suddenly, like, I, I feel like it was punishment because, like, the lady that, that ran that building was hard to work with. On It felt like on purpose, but, like, it was just, like, a constant thing. Right. And, like, you know, bless her heart, uh, but sometimes you got to just kind of let things go and, and trust the people that you work with to, to do their job. Like, me looking at my phone... I I had gotten like awards and all sorts of other things that I had done on the job as like attaboys for 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 things that I did and it still didn't matter because the rules are the rules and you have to enforce them. So I got moved to the the different site and a few months into it it was just tearing me apart because of the schedule. Um yeah. And uh it was like a graveyard, a graveyard, a swing shift, a day shift, and then a swing shift. So it was like all these different shifts that I was covering that they just had holes for in this site. And that's, that was me. I was just plugged into a schedule that was where people wanted to work. And the, the days that my schedule falled on were, were all the days that people didn't want to work. So right. it was just this mishmash of like just a, a human being would, cannot work like that. You know, you, you got to have eight hours sleep a night, 10 hours sleep a day, and then, you know, six hours to do whatever you want. That's not my joke. That's Bill Hicks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I learned that when I was, you know, a kid. And it's just like, fuck, you can't treat people this way. 
Right. Uh, and I had a really bad time. And so I was in a lot of pain and uh, I turned to smoking weed uh, to, to alleviate that. Uh, and that felt pretty good. But you're not supposed to smoke weed when you're a security guard. In fact, there's a lot of jobs in California. You can't smoke weed at home. And then, you know, like 20 hours later, go to work. It's illegal. Right. Well, that's, all, that's always the, the sort of like um, side truth of, uh, of legalization is that your, your work can still... Uh, oh, this was this was this was before legalization. But uh, I mean, even in legalization, like even yeah, like yeah. even decrim- like under criminalization or decriminalization in, in 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 California, it's like, well, look, like your, your work can still can so still, I was uh, write you up for this. I was I was working, but like the schedule itself, like I was late a couple times, and then I corrected it, and you know, I I, I did my best to try to make money for me and my spouse at the time, and uh. uh it was miserable. It was bad. But like this site was, didn't have the, the, the building manager, which was perfect. It was just the, the, the people that I relieved were a little bit strange. My coworkers, because we're, we're there by ourselves. We're, we're every single shift is just a single security guard by themselves. It's the most dangerous thing that I think a person can put themselves in being paid the money to be by yourself. Uh, yeah. uh in, in a high rise building at, three o'clock in the morning. It's just, it never felt kind of safe. It never felt mm-hmm. kind of like you were, you yourself are, are in a position that you can save yourself. Um, but I walked in one, one, one night and the guy I relieved, I couldn't find him and I was really confused. Oh. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, okay, well, where's he at? And I finally find him in the bathroom and he's like, he's acting weird. He's doing weird stuff. He's like talking to himself and he's like, I think he, he was having a mental break, but he threw okay. the shift keys at me suddenly. Like it hit me in the head, broke my glasses. Like it was weird. Uh, strange. And so, yeah, I like called the shift supervisor and the guy got like, he got like 5150 or something. He like went to the hospital and okay. like, so my company's response to this was to drug test everybody. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I got fucking hit in the head by a coworker and like, you know, just not a good time. And they're making me pee in a cup. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, well, why do I have to do this? Well, we just need to make sure everyone is in their right mind right now. We don't know what happened. I was like, well, you can just look at the cameras. You can look at my log. We don't need to do this right now. I tried to talk my way out of it. Of course, it's not going to work with a manager. Uh, I showed up positive for weed, and they put me on suspension. Okay. <laughs> so a buddy of mine, uh, he's, still, he's still a good friend. I still talk to him uh, uh, once in a while. But he worked at a local uh, indie studio, and he was dating my sister-in-law. So I got an interview at this little indie studio. Oh, uh, cool. And he and I had always talked about video games when we were together. We played video games together. I think we played Halo, uh, a couple like a couple of the Halos together. Uh, I remember being really mad at one of them because it just kept taking the controller away from the second player. <laughs> and like while he was doing things, and I was just like, oh, okay, I'll just watch this. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, yeah, it was a weird, one of those other weird gaming experiences uh, uh, where you're just like taken out of it. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. But I get the interview, and like I, I remember, you know, talking to the CEO, president. You know, that's his title, uh, and uh, I actually kind of like the the charm worked. The charm definitely worked, um, and I got the job basically in the interview because I talked about Ultima Online for like 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah, and then I told them about like the XML spawner that I used and all this other stuff, uh, and that set him off. He was just like, oh, XML. We need someone to touch our XMLs. I was like, oh, cool. I use it as a, you know, you use it as a, you know, you can use it as a database, store the information that players can access. He's like, yeah. We use it. <laughs> and I was like, cool. Uh, so I got to basically like start the next Monday uh, oh, wow. uh, at, a, at, at an indie studio that was like a 10-minute drive from my house and uh, uh, another 10 minutes from my college. Uh, and it was, it was cool. Wow. And in the, in, in the, in the interview... Uh, I, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and shout it out. Fifth Planet Games is, is actually, you know, they kind of changed the way, at least for me, I view games uh, and people and, like, how we work together and, and what I took from them has been positive. But we do need to be critical of, like, what happened and, and, and how it all built up. But, you know... In the interview, the CEO told me, you know, you're the last hire for Fifth Planet Games for right now. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, we just needed someone to come along and, and help us out with this. We're going to hunker down and we're going to, like, make a whole bunch of money. And then we're going to hire some more people. And I was like, well, that sounds really cool. Uh, I'll start Monday, right? Because it was a Friday. It was the interview. Because uh, yeah. I, I had been put on suspension Thursday. So it was just like, I was just like, oh, great this timing. Is, this, this was the, the break that I wanted because I had talked with, you know, my buddy for years about like working on games and like, you know, making my own. But I'm like working 55 hours a week and going to school and like supporting. Yeah. You know, having, trying to have a trying to have a relationship and all this stuff. And I was just like and then I was also playing games. Um, and World of Warcraft came out, you know, right after I uh, graduated high school and I didn't play it at first. I didn't, I didn't play it at launch. I didn't play it until, uh, on garage gates had been opened. Uh, and I missed that whole thing, but like I joined in and then the burning crusade came out and I got to like play that, but I didn't really play until wrath of the Lich King. Okay. And, I'd say I spent more time, more of my free time playing that, doing raids and coordinating things with guilds. And I didn't really PvP much, but we did get the Lich King down eventually before it became like sunsetted content or whatever. Uh, right. and, it, and that was a fucking cool feeling, you know, guiding 25 people through that raid and then doing it again with 10 people. And, you know, that, that those experiences are like, ingrained in my mind because like like i found out my grandfather passed away like in the middle of of the lich king fight and i was just like you know okay well let's let's yeah. finish this let's finish this guys <laughs> i gotta go soon um and like like just trying to like hold myself together in the middle of playing a fucking video game with people and like it never really i never really crossed my mind maybe i should have been doing something else 
It never that never yeah. crossed my mind. It was more like I want to get this done. This feels good. I want to like like continue to play video games. Hi folks, have you ever had the nagging suspicion that your hairline is retreating on you? Ever get curious about why it suddenly feels so breezy up there? Well, Father Time comes for us all, and when you think he might be coming for your hair, get him out of there with Keeps. Yes, friends, Keeps, a revolutionary new treatment for male pattern baldness and hair loss that, when used at the first signs of balding, allows you to keep that beautiful head of hair full and firm. Best of all, you can use Keeps from the comfort of your own home. Simply visit one of their doctors online and have a prescription mailed to the convenience of your own home. Every three months you'll get more, and if you're worried about the price, don't. Keeps uses a generic version of hair loss medicines and passes the savings on to you. A new price for a new you starting at $10 a month. But don't forget to act soon because the key to Keeps is prevention, not regrowth. Save that head of hair, friend, before it goes away, and save it today with a special offer code by going to www.keeps.com slash Hagelbon. That's www.keeps.com slash H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. Go there and receive your first month free and tell them Hagelbon sent you. Right. To, to, to deal with this trauma, to deal with these things that are coming up again. Um, so yeah. Uh, and you know, fifth and, and after my grandfather had passed away, fifth planet games was, uh, you know, what came after that, you know, losing the, the security job, uh, the, the security job thing was really cathartic and it felt like I was, I don't know. I, I, I had puffed myself up so much after the interview. I felt so fucking great that I nailed it, that he asked me to come in on Monday. I, yeah, I gathered up all my, I went home and I gathered up all my uniforms and it was like, I'd say it was like noon, maybe, maybe one o'clock in the afternoon. And I just gathered up all my uniforms from the security stuff because I still was technically employed. They weren't going to fire me. And I walk into the office <laughs> unannounced. I just walk into the office unannounced and it took me like an hour to get down there. And I have all my fucking uniforms in this big wad that I'm carrying. And I like took it on the yeah. elevator. Like just, just imagine like this little short dude just like taking this big giant ball of laundry and just like throwing it on the floor of your fucking boss's office and just being like, where's my last check? Where's yeah. my last check? Where's my last check? Just, just, just give me my last fucking check. Just, I need to get the Man. fuck out of here. This has been tearing my mind apart for years. Y'all have been underpaying me. Fuck off. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I didn't do it like that, but I did drop all the laundry on the floor and signed paperwork and just got the fuck out of there. And they were trying to butter me up by saying that they had another position for me and it was going to pay more. And I was just like, but y'all just put me on suspension for like the dumbest shit. Like I, yeah, like y'all, y'all like, squashed you... this stuff with like, like this, this uh, old, this, I mean, the guy, I felt bad for the guy cause he was older, but like, he just, he had a mental break and like he had, he, unfortunately the first person that he saw in the middle of this was me. And it's like, right, you know, sure. it's, it's midnight, it's shift change. And like the, the punishment for that is just strange. They didn't help the guy. They fired him. Like, and then they drug tested every single employee that stayed on. Like, come on. It's just them, you know, trying to wheedle out every single opportunity they can. 
to to replace someone and pay them cheaper. Uh, and, and I think that's exactly you know what all that's set up for, just to, to to pay people cheaper. You know, you get caught with fucking drugs in your system, and you know that goes on a record for your next uh, security job. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and it gets used against and you. And you get paid less. And yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, but, so what did up? So you so you quit. Yeah, yeah. I was just like right there. I got my final check. Uh, uh, they signed it and, and put the dollar amount. I went and cashed it and started the job on Monday. That rules. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. I got to I got introduced to a lot of really cool people. Uh, people I still talk to today that I wish we were closer. All those things, but I started getting to delve down into those XMLs. Uh, that's not true. Uh, they actually had me play their games for at least two weeks before I did any actual real work. And that wasn't, like, hmm. anyone's... Smart design. idea. I, yeah, yeah. But, like, I kind of, like, already understood them. I'd already been playing them. That was a part of the, the interview. That was a part of why, like, I was able to get in because they made MMORPGs. You're right. And that was something that, you know, I was always playing. I always kind of like was was putting them together in my own head, uh, working on them, all that stuff. So they made MMORPGs, and I had already been playing them for like a couple weeks, maybe a few months, uh, because my buddy had worked there, and he helped me basically get the job. Uh, and 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 I think the the working by playing the game was you know building trust. Uh, between you and your employer and, and stuff like that, so you know what you're talking about in meetings. Right. Uh, but I felt like it was counterintuitive because I would rather just delve into what I'm supposed to be learning. Uh, cool, the game looks great and it plays great. You know, it's it's a point-and-click adventure. You know, very simple number-go-up MMORPG. Yeah, um, but you, you spend, like, you spend you energy really to, to do it. actions. Yeah, it's like, it's like I, yeah, I've been playing these games for years. What, what else do you want me to learn from this? So right, right. I finally got, you know, deep into the XMLs and I learned that they're editing everything by hand. Ooh. So they're, 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 you know, designing everything in spreadsheets and then copying and pasting the information just very, very slowly. I watched these guys do this and I was just like, oh God, we got to fix this right now. <laughs> That's um, a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so I moved around from project to project. I think we had four active games at the time and just doing different jobs uh it wasn't really i was like game designing it was more of like i was game building uh because we had a lot of data that we had to in input into these xmls and making that information easy to put in uh became part of my job not asked to but because i had to so i mean that's sort of like a <clears throat> excuse me that's like a little extra labor on your part like a sort of like a uh, one of those things that uh, managers love to get where you sort of like you provide a little extra boost, uh, yeah. even though it's not in your job description and thus you cannot be paid for it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, making all these little extra tools and spreadsheets to spit out data for me really quick uh, that I can easily copy and paste and put in without having to, you know, error check every, you know, line that, mm -hmm. that, that we put in. Uh, eventually made these jobs a lot easier. Um, yeah. And that was, that was really, really nice about it. So, yeah, I put in extra labor to create these things, but we had already had developed... The, they, the games had already been developed by the time I came there. They were out for at least a year. <laughs> nice. Um, 
So the systems are in, you know, you can, you can click and have fun, talk to your friends and do raids and do quests, uh, collect loot, all these things uh, uh, the MMORPG wants, but you can just play it in Flash. And it's 2D, and you know, there's not a whole lot of action going on, but there's just enough. Was it live? Uh, like, uh, were people playing the game? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. so it was, a, it was an MMORPG you could play together. Uh, and it had like a chat room and all that stuff. And, and, and its coziness really reminded me of Ultima Online. Okay. Like, that's what really drew me to working there. Like, that's what drew me to playing their games because they created content based on what their players were asking for. Uh, and, you know, players would finish these stories that, that, that they had written and created. Uh, and they weren't just, you know, this wasn't standard fare MMORPG. This was like thousand word stories or more hmm. on a piece of fucking armor. <laughs> Man, uh, that's wild. Ibrahim, uh, uh, what is Ibrahim's last name? I need to remember it. Ibrahim uh, was our head writer and the dude could mash out a novel overnight if you just gave him a single concept uh and like that was the way a lot of like the content for these games was created like just spur the moment kind of like we need to put together a new raid let's you know have it have you know it's a it's this one's uh this one's all humanoids and this you know these are all the items that come from it and this is all the lore that we're going to need for it this is all the art uh, so, you know, we're, we're really putting things together uh, piece by piece, you know, uh, uh, and, and making it look right, making it fit right yeah. for the, the lore and the theme of the game. So really, really doing careful with your, your world building, um, not putting things, you know, too sci-fi-y for a fantasy game and vice versa for the sci-fi game. Because every single, at 5PG, every single... Uh, game they had had a, like a sci-fi and fantasy counterpart or a superhero fantasy counterpart something <laughs> like that it, it was neat so you, we could we could have multiple games we could have you know different styles of art we could have different concepts but within those games we could also create different storylines and uh, <laughs> uh and just really have fun with it and that was what that was the charm of working at an, an, an indie studio um and eventually, like, all the tool building and, and all the, the content building, all the things, we were able to, to catch up. And that was, I think, most of my work was always playing catch up because we had, you know, four active games. We had a release every week. I had to put in all that information with each designer and product manager and engineer. Uh, so, you know, each game had its full team of people while I'm running around you know, uh, helping input all this stuff. And that really gave me the skills to kind of like know what's going on inside when I'm, mm -hmm. when, we, when I eventually got to start designing on these games. Right. Yeah. So I wasn't actually designing. I'm just inputting all the data that, that someone else is, is doing. And we got to translate that from a spreadsheet to, you know, the XML file. And then the player, the players, there's a client side version for the players and then a server side version, uh, that, that, you know, uh, handled all the, the math for the, the raids and, and the quests. So, you know, you, you're, you're double your load at, at one point, at, at some points, because you're doing both right, client yeah. and server. But you have to... I mean, when did you get, when did you get to start uh, 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 designing? 
I'd say it was about six months after okay. doing, doing just jumping from project to project. And okay. uh, we eventually sunsetted one of those games. Uh, and we had recently revamped the entire u- u- user interface. And that was like a really cool like thing to do because we took it from a really basic uh, laying out on a 2D. It was a superhero game. Uh-huh. Uh, it was just laid out on a 2D board and you click from node to node, you know, doing all these battles, but it really didn't, the story really didn't uh, pop out very much. It popped out, you know, when you completed a node. So we took all right. the story elements that would pop out and we laid them out in a comic book like fashion. Oh, cool. So as you completed the nodes, the comic book would get drawn out. Uh, and then you could re-click that, that frame and see the story progress if you missed okay. it or, or cool. anything like that. Or replay the battle again uh, because it is an MMO and you've got to collect all those items that that, that node drops. Got to keep grinding. Yeah, yeah, got to keep going. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. That was really cool. We sunsetted that game, unfortunately. Uh, and, you know, things just went back to, to normal. I started designing for... Uh, one of the MMORPGs as kind of an assistant while also continuing to bounce off all the other projects and doing all the data inputting as well as starting to assist in designing all of those. Uh, So I'd say the studio is about 25 to 30 people at this point. Okay, have they hired anyone since you started? Were you the last hire? No. Uh, I'd say about, I'd say about when I got that, that bump in things, when things started picking up because we had, we had done, uh, we had made a ton of money with the anniversary of one of our games. Uh, and it was a fucking blast putting that together and experiencing that like, uh, with the players and what we were doing. Uh, we, you know, uh, that, that moment was suddenly you're being introduced to a new manager. Uh-huh. And you're going, well, what does he do? And he was like, well, he's here to help you. And I'm going, well, he's here to help me in what way? Uh, well, he's here to help you schedule your time better. And it's like, okay, so what is, what is exactly he's going to schedule for me? And he's just like, well, you're going to have to, right. you, you're, you are going to have to do all this extra work for all these games and then also design all this stuff. So he's going to you know, handle the tickets for you. He's going to do all that stuff. So I was like, okay, cool, because I really fucking hate tickets. I really hate the ticketing system. It is, sure. it, it's just like a, a thing that you got to do to kind of catch up on work uh, when you've already finished all those things and you're just like, oh, God, I got to, it, it's not a game. You're just dragging and dropping uh, things on a board that literally yeah, someone else could do for you. <laughs> uh, uh but he, he, yeah, he started doing those tickets for me and started just writing tickets for everybody of things that they have to start doing. Hmm. Of just, like, things that we were already doing. But it's, it, it, it seemed to justify this guy's job. Okay. Um, and, like, bless his heart. Uh, <laughs> He, he's a good guy. He was a good guy and everything, but I never really, I didn't, it's not like I had a relationship with him. It was more like he was there just watching me and then all of my other coworkers too. Hmm. Uh, That's a little like, weird. Yeah. He's there reporting all the time. He's recording all the time that we spend on things, you know, like in tickets and, and stuff like that. So you're just like, Oh, great. So he's my new manager. So I go to him and I'm like, all right, I've been here for six months and I make like, 
15 an hour, 16 an hour or something. I need more money. And he, he starts, you know, doing the back and forth with me, uh, with how much we can get by. And I think I got like another six K on top of what I was making a year. And it was right below, I think like 40 K somewhere around there. Most money I had ever made in my life. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Most money. And still to this day, uh, those, those, those paychecks were something else. Like you're making 37 K 38 K a year after taxes or probably even less than that. But, uh, uh, yeah, it really changed things. Uh, and life got better because you, you, you got money. So like, yeah, sure. You're suddenly happy. And then like a, and your bosses throw a self-help seminar and they get this outside Uh guy to start like, uh-uh. Telling you how to think and telling you how to change things and telling you how to like be as a person. Okay. And like, right. yeah, it was like, it's like, it was really weird. Like suddenly we got like a new office. We got like, we got like uh, uh, a new manager. He's starting to hire more people for different positions. Uh, mm. We get like a, a, a senior game designer that comes along and you're just going like, okay, well, what is he doing? <laughs> Because we're already already doing all this other work. What do we need to see? We've been designing game these games. Why do yeah, we need this like, guy? Right. Yeah. So like like you suddenly see like, you know, there's 40 employees, 50 employees, 60 employees. And a lot of people who come in are worth it. You know, they bring a lot of uh skill, but there are still people that you kind of go, who are they? Oh, it's yeah, you know, it's a cousin, it's a it's a it's a brother, it's a friend, it's someone that you know knew each other. It's someone mm-hmm. that got a job because they knew each other. And like, I think of that myself. So you were feeling, I mean, you were feeling like, like, uh, unlike, unlike the, unlike the kind of place it was before where you sort of felt like, Hey, this is like, this is a, this is a company that's really doing cool stuff to do cool stuff. Like at this point you sort of feel like, okay, this is like, this is just getting to be like office politics. Yeah. Like we got like a like a new HR manager because the CFO's uh, spouse couldn't be the HR manager anymore because of the company size or something. Uh, you know, all these different things start popping up because this company grows and it starts making more money. Um, and like, you know, you you see all these people come aboard and you see how much work they're actually doing versus like how much you are. And you know, your interactions with the people that you work with are starting to sour. Like, yeah. like we, I think we, I remember we started fighting more when we got more employees, like, like sure that's going to happen, but like the, 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 the length of time that we started developing new features or new games started increasing more and more as more people got involved. Uh, and previously, you know, we were creating and maintaining games, for, you know, seven people, uh, 10 people maybe. And your bosses would the guys who own the company and they'd be walking around and checking on things and doing their own stuff and developing their own things for the company. But at the same time, your, your boss is also hanging out next to you with this, just not really doing anything, watching you work. And you're just like, you're just like, okay, what am I doing? What are you doing? (laughs) Like, couldn't you be doing something else? You don't need to sit here and watch me work. Uh, uh, I'm just inputting data. Like, like so it was getting, it was it getting to be a little bit like the, um, like the, like the security, like basically like you just felt like someone was over your back the whole time. Uh, a little bit like it, it felt like 
like meetings got longer. It felt like, you know, nothing really got done. Suddenly you're being told no a lot of things. Like the the culture very much changes whenever, you know, your 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 money gets big enough to start supporting bigger ideas, but your bigger ideas are like buying uh, a shit ton of junk food and go-karts <laughs> and pinball machines and multiple TVs and like right. open floor giant office settings that are only half filled and like just huge clear glass offices that you can see everyone out of while we're all forced to sit next to each other and hate each other while we're blasting heavy metal music in our ears to cover up the, the other conversations that are happening 10 feet away from us. Right. Like you, you start, you know, the, the monotony, the things that really pull you apart in working starts making the job not fun. Um, so and, what happened at that point? Did you quit or like, it seems like, it seems like when the job stops being fun, it like I don't I don't want to uh, no I got promoted. your life. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's different. Well, no, so, <laughs> so I mean, all the other jobs you've been part of, like once the job stops being fun, it seems like it's only a matter of time before it's over. So, but you got promoted instead. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of jobs are cutthroat, and you start like noticing the way other people perform, and you want to perform better, you want to do better things. So I got to take over an, uh, one of the projects uh, the, after they let a guy go because, well, like sometimes you gotta like you gotta be able to to have direction whenever you're like maintaining a game that's been live for a couple of years and you want to make content for it and you have all the tools and, and abilities to do so. But the one thing you can't do is to reach out for your players and ask them, what old content do you want me to fix? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because no, suddenly, suddenly they're going like, oh, well, fuck, if you can buff all these old things and make them cool because I already have them, that'd be great. And like he listened to that and did that and it didn't make any money because mm -hmm. like, you know, you're just you're well, just affecting. You're you're appealing to the current player base. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're affecting things that have already years old content at this point. Like, just make a new version of it. Mm -hmm. uh, like he got a, you know, his idea was was rebuilding the game from you know the back end up, and it's just like, well, you know, you just got to cut that stuff away and you know just build a new you know economy, build something new. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, uh, I got put in charge of that content, that, that set of content, that product, uh, and I kind of rolled with it. Players were asking me to, to um, do the same thing the previous guy was, and I told my, you know, we had a community manager for each game, we had an engineer, we had a designer, we had a, a product project manager. Those became the people that I trained to do XMLs and work in the spreadsheets. Uh, so each team got basically a me eventually, uh, and then I myself went on to do lead design for uh, the sci-fi MMORPG, which oh, cool. was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. I got to interact with players in a new way more than I did normally. Um, you know, you kind of get unveiled as a as a designer. You're kind of like you know, you got to have some kind of communication with your uh, uh, with your 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 user base, your your customers. Um, so, you know, you got to kind of put on a facade and I started designing and I started, you know, building new content. Uh, I took, I took, uh, 
you know, reigns of everything around the times of our first anniversary. And I was just like, well, I'm going to put myself in the game. <laughs> uh, so I put my, I put my character into the game. Basically I worked with, uh, Ibrahim, the writer, and I worked with the artists and I was just like, this is, this is what I want to do. Like, can y'all do something? And they did it. And like in no time too, like, everything put together. That's cool. We had, a, we had this really cool tight knit team and we didn't all work within that studio. It was a worldwide adventure. The writer was in the UK. We had uh, a community person in Greece. Uh, we had artists in, in Japan and like Taiwan. It was really cool. That's neat. Um, but like indie gaming and indie development is a kind of like a, a goose's golden egg because it doesn't last. Like you, you the fun, the, the 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 fun, the fun just stops because <laughs> okay. you know. You, you, you have a new boss, you have another new boss, and then you have another new boss. And then, you know, people are pulled apart from teams that, that work really well together uh, just, just for no reason. Uh, you know, people are moved around. And I was, at one point I was struggling with the project because we didn't have enough players to actually make any money. Like, we had our diehard people that come and spend 20 bucks and, you know, buy and do all the purchasing and gambling that they want, but they're not going to spend past that. Um, right, sure. And, and so, you know, maintaining that project became a lot harder, and so their idea was to create a mobile version. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So, I mean, uh, not a terrible idea, I suppose. Yeah, well, we had successfully launched... Uh, uh, the other RPG as a mobile version as well. But the problem with it is that they didn't want to keep the code bases the same. They didn't want to use okay. the same data that we had built the, the games off of. We wanted new economies. We wanted all these things. And so like, I was tasked to now take the game that I had been maintaining and working on for a long time and transferring it over to a mobile game and completely changing it while maintaining hmm. all the art and all the, the systems and, and stuff like that. So it's just like, well, we have to create like a huge release schedule for so much content then. And uh, that's what they wanted to build. And it just, it seemed like an impossible task for like three or four people. Uh, and it was, a, it, it, and it never, it, it launched eventually. I know the, the, the economies weren't perfect. The economies did not, do well but the game didn't do well because it didn't have anyone playing it okay. um and one of the issues that i had brought up multiple times in meetings and things like that is that we need to like be drawing in players and and like keeping them playing and you know and you got to be able to like respect them and and get money from them somehow but fifth planet games was doing things the right way when I first started and the right way was showing the percentage drops on like all the, you know, loot boxes, yeah. uh, all the raids, all the content, everything had, everything was shown. We, we showed it to players because we wanted to build that trust with them to be able to be like, Hey, you know, if you spend money on this game, this is what you're getting. This is your chance to get these super rare items, but they're super rare and cool. Uh, and like, we didn't hide them inside of uh, 
like like our main gotcha system was open, so you could see the items without like having to open another set of UI. But there was also mm. like boxes you could purchase from the store that were event special or or things like that. That once you like hover over them, it gave a list of the items, but it didn't like exactly tell you everything that was in there. It just right. gave you a list of the items and the percentages. Uh, uh, and and we wanted to to make sure that, you know, there was never any problems with refunds and things like that, even though it had happened all the time. Uh, uh, but it's just like having that layer of communication with your players and having them trust you right off the bat is like, that's something that you can use to, I don't know, make, make gamers feel good. That's something that doesn't really happen in communities. Uh, and it's really hard to pull off as a developer is to making the people feel good when they're playing it. Yeah, I bet. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, absolutely. People, people do have horrible feelings towards video games. So a lot of times. Yeah, um, you know, we had like a self-help speaker come in. There was the go karts. There's the toys. There's all the food. You know, they they spent a lot of money on food for us because we're there all the time. But it's like it's like not healthy, and we're drinking a lot of soda. Uh, and we're, one of the rules there was, which was nice, uh, was fifth, they did not let us have alcohol on site. Okay, and that is something in gaming culture that, that we'll get into. That like game dev culture has there's just alcohol at all these places I've worked at, except for one, huh. and that was uh, for, I think yeah. yeah, and I think that was a good choice uh, for my personal self. I've been trying to be sober uh now for a couple years uh recently i've gone i think five months now so good for you yeah feeling pretty good um so we went on a corporate retreat (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah we went to lake tahoe uh i got to see a bear uh i got to see a fireball in the sky that that was the coolest fireball i'd ever seen um I was not abducted by any kind of strangers or, or uh, creatures in the sky. But uh, I mean, that's a shame. But yeah, I, did, happen. I did get to be miserable with people that I generally moderately enjoyed. But uh-huh. like this is when the indoctrination really started. Is that like all this stuff at this retreat was you this is team building. This is everyone getting together and doing this weird self-help seminar stuff and singing songs and, and doing all these things is like, it's a family that they were always saying okay. that, Oh, we're a family now. This is the, sure, fi- yeah, this is the, the family the that corporate thing. Good God. <laughs> so that was where like, I started feeling like I was being indoctrinated a little bit. And like, you know, they, they even told me like, you know, many, many times and uh, like, you know, making games is fun. Uh, uh, working is fun. Spending all your time at the office is fun. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, yeah. The, going the, on a corporate retreat we, is fun. It's fun. Yeah. The stuff we hear from a lot of studios where it's like crunches used as a way of saying like, well, aren't you having fun with us? Like, are you on board? Like, isn't this enjoyable to you kind of thing? Yeah. At the at the corporate retreat, uh, at one point in one of those nights, I was like talking with coworkers, and I, I I just remember just like a lot of things changed in my mind right there. It's just like I kind of don't want to be here anymore. I want I want to be right. at home. I want to like like I I I don't want to spend so much time at work anymore. And I 
and I talked to, when we got back from the retreat, I talked to my boss because the, the thing, you know, the game was struggling still. And I was like, okay, how about this? If I can get some help to push out a whole bunch of content at once, we can probably make some money as a last hurrah on this. And they said no. Okay. <laughs> and well. the next day, I come into work, and one of the uh, play testers, one of the QA guys, is now sitting next to me. Hmm. Uh, and he's taking over the project now. Oh. Yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, it was just a, a day-to-night thing. And uh. so my boss, like, sat to, next to me in my little little cubicle in the open sitting thing where everyone else could hear. And he, he basically told me what my job was going to be then. Uh, because I guess I showed weakness when asking for help. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, Did he come out and say that effectively? Or? N- not necessarily, but he was like, he, the culture had been changing, you know, for a while. Like every, you know, the meetings got longer, people got more hostile, you know, n- you know the no's were being said a lot. Uh, But this was straight up like I felt like I was dealing with someone who was very, very angry with me because he he got really close to me. He was like sitting early next to me and he was just telling me what my job was. And like all my job was to do was to maintain the mobile version now and like do all this spreadsheet work and and transfer over all the content that we had created as as this new guy started creating. (laughs) <laughs> and putting it into the mobile version. Sure. But he last he like he lasted five days. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, he lasted five days. He quit. He he no called no showed doing this lead wow. design work. But like like he had already been working as a playtester as, uh, as a QA guy and interacted with him for months. It felt like, and he was one and of the most just, recent. Just couldn't handle the job. I don't know. Like like they just put him down in front of everything and told him to get to work. And wow. I had built all these spreadsheets over the years. I had built all these tools and like I was trying to show them how everything worked. But they were like, no, you got to go. You can't work with him. Like you're not working on this anymore. They put me away from everything. Huh. And so I became really depressed. And I Actually, stopped. Yeah. I, I stopped working. I just straight up stopped working. Huh. Uh, and they had already like started laying off people. Uh, we, we lost like half the studio at one point and I was just like, yeah, if you're not, if you're not committed to making any money on, on your big hurrah mobile game, I imagine you're going to get laid off or not. You get going to get left. You're going to find, you're going to get laid off. They sunsetted more games. You know, we, we released a couple more games as well. There was some interesting stuff we did, but like the culture change happened so quick and like the downfall just kind of tumbled, tumbled forward because you have that idea that you're successful because you made a bunch of money and then you spend all that money on cool things and then you got to make more money. Yeah. But then you spend all that extra money you also had on another fucking corporate retreat or something and you now have even less money. Uh, but like, I remember like, like, you know, the, the layoffs happened and then I remember like the, the accountant quit. And then the next uh-huh. day, they had a new accountant, and she's, like, screaming at people behind closed doors. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so you're just like, oh, God. Yeah, here comes another layoff. And they, they laid off another, they laid off more people. And it was, it was interesting because it really felt like they were just taking the, the higher dates and just going, well, these people got to go. 
You know, they are just, just slowly, backwards. yeah, slowly going backwards. And over the course of like three months of me not doing any work, sorry, guys. Um, I mean, I was the only one on the project. It's okay. <laughs> it's not like it ever got released. Uh, but like, yeah, it, it's just finally it came to me. And like, uh, my boss was like, you know why? And I'm like, yeah, it's time to go. <laughs> And I just like he he had a box for me and everything. It was like after a lunch meeting on a Friday. Huh. <clears throat> and I was like, I think there was only like 10 people left at that point. And they went down, down, they went down to that amount and kind of stayed there. And they kept things rolling for a while. You know, they had Boy. they had they had tools, they had they had things to kind of keep things going, but I don't really think they they kind of still exist. They're owned by like okay. a Dutch Dutch firm now. But like, there was a lot of really cool stuff that we did, and I, I'd like to 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 you know put a top, put put that on the uh, icing on the top of this whole like working in an indie studio. Like, we at one point, like when I first started working, all the bosses came together and they made an announcement. They were like, "We're not going to do, uh, you know, discriminatory art or you know, like." showing too much skin or anything like that we got to calm these gamers down we got to cool the gamers off we got to put ice on the gamers we're not going to make sexy art we're not going to do you know anything we're going to be all inclusive you know lgbtq uh, everything it was great huh. we we, yeah. we were able to branch out and bring more characters in we were able to you know really create and and do interesting stories and that's all that we were doing was just creating stories for these people to read and, and and that was something that like you know as as a game that's a content mill as something that gets a weekly release like we were releasing updates to these games for content weekly yeah we we planned this stuff out and sometimes it was last minute like what the fuck are we gonna do other times it was big feature releases where we you know revamp and overhaul a lot of stuff like we were constantly constantly working on every little part of that game and that was what really made the game development fun. Um, you know, I didn't get to, to spend a lot of time, you know, building these games from the bottom up or, or putting them together in, in different ways. But, you know, we started developing in unity and that was what's something that like really branched a lot of people in the studio off. A lot of people huh. started bouncing, you know, and going different places. Um, and because I, unity wasn't what they kind of signed up for. Well, like, yeah, like, well, Unity's good. Unity's great. Yeah. I love Unity. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying anything bad about Unity. I'm just saying, like, it seems like a, a oh, the, the a studio, the studio. Philosophy. Yeah, the studio yeah. was not prepared for Unity, but like, we we tried to make a couple games in it, and it, and and uh, my buddy that got helped me get the job there uh, was pretty much the spearhead in you know working in Unity at that studio, and uh, he after that. After that experience that we we worked there, he never went back into games. Um, wow. Yeah. He was done uh, after that. Yeah, he was done. Because he was a lead community manager. He was also a programmer. He was also, like, he did multiple jobs just like everyone else. But, like, it just becomes too much when you're juggling so many hats and you're trying to make a new game and they're being asked you to, to handle the community. And it's just like, whoa. There, there yeah. are, there is a lot of responsibility on all of this, but that responsibility is not split evenly. Um, and like, even when I did get to take over and, and lead a project and create content, 
um, you know, you have to interact with the players and you have to ask them what's up. You have to ask them what's going on, how they're feeling, but they're going to do the same thing with you. You know, I had players sending me private messages that were really sweet. And most of the other time it was like uh, people begging. And I even had like people finding me on Facebook and sending me messages but like nothing really kind of harassing, nothing really scary. There was a couple of guys that got really way too forceful and used some slurs at me, but you know, they don't, they don't get to play the game after that. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a dumb move. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> For so many reasons, that's a dumb move. Yeah. So like you have, you have, uh, you have the physical labor of being there at the office. You have the emotional labor of working with your coworkers. You have, the emotional labor of dealing with your bosses on top of now another l layer uh, with, with your community. Uh, so, like, building games, you know, no matter how big or small they are, it, it, exponentially someone is doing more work than they actually should. Mm. Um, and, and, like, I, I think that's the, sac that's the sacrifice of wanting to, to, to do this. Um, right. And that is something that I think over the years in games, people have been doing more and more. You know, we're, we're, we go into these jobs expecting, you know, game making to be fun. But it's, it's not because there are so many things that people didn't do before you got there or refuse to do when you are there. And that's yeah. what really, really makes a job terrible. It makes it tough. Um, and that's when you... I, I'd, I'd say that's when you want to separate yourself from that labor, but that's when like that your competitiveness and all that starts kicking in and you go, well, I can take on all this shit. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. But well, again, yeah. And like, yeah, but you show right. that first sense, first sense of weakness and they, they descend on you. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they take it, they take it away from you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, so I'm gonna. I, I we're we're at like two hours, so uh, oh, I only say this because people complain when we go over two hours usually. Um, oh shit! People hate content. Yeah. Um, but uh, but but um, I also wanted to stop you because like I I want to hear the contract stuff, and maybe we'll put that on a Patreon episode. Um, there's also electronic arts. Yeah. Oh yeah, we got to talk about EA. Um, well, let me. Uh, darn. Um, all right. Because I was gonna say this is a great like. What's cool about this point is we've gotten to this like really interesting uh, uh, um, what would I say here? The, it's like a really interesting like overview of like you, you start off with like you know work is work is shit, and then it, you get to the video games and like what opens up is that like it's just like a huge patina of all the worst things in every job <laughs> you talk about. Like it's it's sort of like a Pilgrim's Progress sort of thing. Um, here, give us well, a teaser for the Patreon episode. What, what, like, what, uh, t tell me a little bit about uh, EA. Tell me a little bit about the the. Um, tell me a little bit about the interview. Uh, say that again. Tell me a little bit about the interview. You said like it was a six oh. month kind of like interview. So yeah, I I lost the job at at Fifth Planet Games, and I went on to you know work some other miscellaneous things to kind of fill my time. But there was an open position at Electronic Arts at one point, and it was for like a, a game balance designer. And I applied to it, and I never heard anything. 
And then I got a message from my friend that I had worked with at 5PG, a different friend, who now works uh. at the studio. And he was like, hey, bud. Yeah, I believe you made friends at work. Yeah, so. yeah. He was like, hey, bud, we're going to, we're going to. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to set you up with an interview. We're gonna get you in over here. And I was like, "Fucking right on! Let's do it." So I yeah. spent a shit ton of time playing their game, loading all up for it, and it's just like, "All right, we're gonna do the interview in like three weeks." And then three weeks became two months, and then two months became four months, and then you're just going like, "Oh Jesus!" And then finally, you get that first interview. Yeah, are we actually gonna do this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are we actually going to fucking do this? And you finally get that first interview, and they're like, okay, well, we're going to send you home, and we're going to email you a test, and you're going to do the test. It's like, okay, all right. So you get home, and you do the test. And the test usually has you, like, design content, usually has you, like, put yourself in the shoes of something that needs to be created for the game. And, okay. ha- and basically, they ask you to, to run it step by step. You know, what, what, what could be added to the game that, or the current features that could, you know, really spice up things? Or uh, uh, when you... And then, like, they'd ask simple questions about, like, economies, you know, uh, or, or uh, drop rates and things like that. And simple, very simple answers. You know, you just kind of lie. <laughs> I think sure. I did most yeah, of no, the work. Yeah, no, of course. You know, you just do it quick in a spreadsheet, and you're like, oh, yeah, that math, math looks great. Because uh, <laughs> the machine checks it for you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and then, you know, you go in for your, you, you do the test, and you, you put it in, I'd say, they ask for, they, they, they literally, in all these different game design tests I've done over the years, they always ask you to put, like, eight hours of work into it, or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, just, just thinking about it, designing it, doing it, whatever. And, like, like they, they always kind of phrase it like, like spend, a, spend a work day on it. So, hmm. <laughs> spend a work day on doing this test, uh, turn it in, and you... Spend a work day on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, funny. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you do the test, you, you go in for the, your, now your, your second interview, and you're meeting with different people now. Uh, and they put a tablet in front of you and they like make you play the game in front of them. And they're just like watching you. And, and uh-huh. you, you kind of get the feeling that like if this is impersonal because you're playing a video game in front of people that you want to like design on and work on. Like, yeah. Why are we doing this? Why can't we like be tearing it? Like why, why aren't we in Unity right now like testing me? Why aren't we like putting together an XML or a JSON file for, you know, a, an ability uh, uh, that that a, a new ability that needs to go into the game. It's just like this stuff seems like supermental, and all it is is just tests set up to guide, like check your personality, and make okay. sure you're 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 an okay fit to work with a manager and things like that. Huh. And at the end of this interview, like I got walked around the studio and like introduced to everyone. So they okay. they like they like, you know tell you you know who they are and all this stuff. And this is when they start telling you how important all these people are and like how important you will be and all this other stuff. And they took me downstairs to this wall and they're like, okay. And, and when you get hired on full time, your name gets put on this wall. Like this is, this is your legacy. Like this is what you get to become. Uh, and it is this very nice. strange, like, like great. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's this really strange indoctrination. You're just kind of like, you're pulled around somewhere. You don't know if you're going to, be they're kind of like going oh you, you might be able to do this you might be able to do that you might be able to work with this guy and if you know yeah. people in the studio that is when you're going to meet your friends that is when you're going to interact with the people you know from your past 
that's mm-hmm. when you get to meet your buddies. And that's when you, you do interact with the people that you've worked with. And they see that. They see that, that interaction again. They, they make sure you know each other. There had been plenty of times where, in, you know, in the future working at EA, I had to do that same exact thing of talking to people that I knew from the past going, oh, yeah, they can fucking work here. They're fucking great. You know, if you don't get okay. that kind of enthusiasm from people you're meeting with, they're like, going to. Yeah, get, they give you, you the thumbs done. down. And, and I've been in meetings like that where they're just discussing these people and you're just going, oh, this is really just designed to see how much you can fuck with them. Huh. <laughs> um, and like that, that you know, they're, they bring you through the wall and they show you the wall and they bring you through the kitchen and they're like, oh, look at all this food and drink and, and things you get to make games with. Uh, <laughs> and, it, and it feels very much like you're being groomed to do something like, like you're being asked to stay inside here. You're being asked to sacrifice, uh, 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 you know, like, like, Oh, you know, our shelves are stocked with snacks and, and sodas. So you don't have to go to the corner store, uh, to get yeah. your own. Uh, but you know, like if you need to have a cigarette break, make sure to tell your boss. Right. <laughs> you can go to the kitchen anytime and grab a snack, but if you've got to go outside, you've got to get permission. It's just, I mean, it's also interesting because it's like it, it, it has that veneer of, of like being more than, than a, a regular job because, oh, you know, we're, we're, doing, uh, we're doing really good work um, and, and, and you'll get to be on the wall and it's, and it's your, your uh, legacy and everything. With that at the same point, it's like, but your manager is going to have to uh, know exactly where you are at all times, and uh, please clock in on time. It's, it's like it's it's very there's very much that sense of like oh actually, in reality this is uh this is just as banal as any job ever. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, except you're, you're you're having fun. Um, but like like behind the scenes when you're working sixty hours a week for an indie company, you know your the rest of your life isn't being held together, you know, perfectly. Uh, and, and we, you want to delve back into, you know, video games and play them and escape, uh, and you, you're making them and you're interacting with people and suddenly that escapism like doesn't occur for you anymore. You sit down Mm. in front of the computer and you're just like, Oh, this isn't fun. (laughs) I I just, I just Uh, see everything now. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, uh, escaping from the matrix, uh, uh, but like, I don't know, like, like working in games and like, like, and, and what occurred after indie is, is, I mean, like, like I, I talk up what, what happened for the planet games and it's not that bad. It really wasn't. I mean, some shit happened. I didn't really like have any existential crises there. I did figure out I had mental illness while working there. Uh, but it's, it's, it's all a part of a, you know, the, the path you take and like, just sitting down and deciding one day you want to make games and then finally, you know, getting to where the sausage made, you become disillusioned with, you know, what you're actually worth in labor. Um, because, like, how I was treated in the AAA development after NDA, uh, in indie, uh, uh, is astronomically different. And it speaks mm. words to what I experienced after uh, uh, working in those games because uh, that 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 management style 
the, the thing that I really, really want to get into, the, the weird, creepy stuff that, that occurred in a completely different environment, the management style, the grooming, the, the kind of tricking you into believing that you're important, and the, the amount of theft that occurs from you, you know, financially, socially, and uh, uh, personal. Like, just, just having your personality stripped away from you, having... Huh. You know, being promised money, being promised so much, and then never getting it, and then seeing the people that promised you those things still continue. Like, yeah, it, it's frustrating because you want to be, you know, you, you want to use your skills and your labor to do something. And at every point, you're kind of stopped. And you're wondering, do I continue, like, putting myself through this nightmare or do I do something else? Do I figure out that there is something more than my dream job? Uh, yeah. And, and like, like getting into working in the AAA industry, you know, it takes a while. You're going you're gonna to jump through hoops. You're going you're gonna to get there. And then you're going to be just indoctrinated into a misery machine that has you making subpar products for people that... that appreciate it but don't realize that they're being they're they're just being scammed their their yeah. money is is not actually like useful in in maintaining this product it is it is maintaining a, an entire class of people that uh don't really deserve it um hmm. <laughs> and yeah. uh yeah i mean that's the managerial class that is the people who start torturing you and start watching you and start like like telling you how to do your job when when you have already been given a task to do a job and they want to you know have control over something that that frankly they don't need like like there there's so much to do with AAA development that like you know you're working with IPs you're working with products that like span diff multimedia empires and it's like controlled with suits that are in offices in different parts of the world that are making 10 times as much as you. And you're just like, your, your work is erased daily, weekly, monthly. And you don't know why you continue to do this when your boss slaps something else down in front of you and says, we're doing this instead. Now put this into the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're just like, you're just, you're, you're, you're constantly frantically searching for an opportunity to succeed as well as get out. Because, like, like I haven't gotten in the nitty-gritty of it, but I watched a lot of people come and go in these studios and all the different contracts that I picked up. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, th this is still, this is still mobile gaming. This is still, like, like I, I, a huge industry that makes a massive amount of money that yeah. is, in my opinion, the biggest scam that we have running in the United States of America. Besides, like... Uh, you know, Congress or the president or you know, all that other stuff. Yeah, you, you, be careful. <laughs> There's a laundry list. Yeah, um, yeah. Like video games. Like, what are we at? Like a few, like a few dozen billion. I, I don't know. But mobile gaming, like getting into that world and and seeing how much of 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 what people are put like what what people just get put through to make them, what people get through to play them. Uh, there's some weird stuff uh, uh, in, in. Well, you're you're doing a great job of advertising for this episode. We're going to put on the Patreon, <laughs> so I'm excited. Right on, this right is on. Good. 
Um, all right, cool, man. Well, thank you, thank you so much for sharing all this. I, like, it's yeah. it's it's like it's a fascinating way to think about it. And honestly, like, it's been really useful to hear. Like, I, I know I said it before, but like, it has been really useful to hear it compared to like typical work. Like, I I've I've done this a bit with like, I've tried to do this a bit with like the academy too because I think like there's something very similar to it where you're like, okay, um, the, 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 the job is like a dream job, but, uh, that's also a way of just keeping you in bad situation. Um, I think you're like, you're like totally right. Like, you know, the idea that like, before we talked, like the idea that any of the stuff you did, especially at the indie studio could have been, uh, reducible to your time as like that terrible job as the security guard, like would have been weird to me. Like even, even though I know like how, how rough the industry can be, but like, I mean, you made a good point for it. It's like, it's very, it's very clear that they're not so different from one another. Well, like, like, like any small business, you know, comes together and has some kind of idea, whether it be family, friends, you know, I, I know people that have opened bars that are now, you know, closed because of what's going on, but they have their dream and they got to live it out and hopefully they can like swing through it. But like video games is something else. Like, like when it comes yeah. to the business, it's not a restaurant, it's not a bar, it's not a, you know, whatever kind of family thing you want to put together. Uh, it's, it's way more than that. And as soon as you try to make it a, a family, as soon as you try to like indoctrinate someone into working for you, like it, it, it creates like a, a, a separation between, like, you know, fun and work. It, it does yeah. create that line right there. And and I, there's no such thing as having fun at work, <laughs> but it 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 definitely like it it makes it bold and you can see it whenever you start you know because you got a family at home you got a family you know outside of work you don't need yeah. to make your work your family um, and like I enjoyed a lot of the people's company uh, you know I made a lot of good friends through indie gaming but let me tell you this. I don't have a single friend from AAA gaming. <laughs> like, 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 like they, I, I tried to make friends with some of those people, man. And, uh, just it, no one sticks around. Um, mm. they, they, they don't want to work in those places for very long. Uh, because they themselves were told the same thing that I was like, Hey, you're going to make a bunch of money and you're going to make, you're going to have fun doing it. But, you know, yeah, suddenly not, you're, not exactly, you're, yeah. yeah, you're not actually making a bunch of money because you're working 60, 70 hours a week and they only, you know, they, they chop off a big number on your contract before you sign it. So, uh, but I, oh, oh man. gosh, oh, someone's well, setting off fireworks again. Oh no. <laughs> well, now that's a whole other thing. Well, um, we got, this is all conspiracies because like it's all labor, conspiracies. We, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we finally got around to the front again. Um, well, Thanks so much for doing this, man. Like, I, I appreciate all the all the stories and everything. This has been like really, really helpful for me. I'm sure it's been helpful for everyone else as well. Where can people find you online? I'm on uh, Twitter, video jamesing. I don't. I'm not really much of a, a internet person anymore. I, I like to go on and tell jokes. Uh, I am going to start trying to stream some music projects that I'm working on. I can't imagine after hearing how things went for you uh, in uh, always online gaming, why you would not be an internet person. Uh, <laughs> that's weird to me. How strange. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, uh, we, we talked earlier about all the other places that I've been, but uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I try to take a, a an easy approach to things. Uh, now I, I've got my shitty humor. I'm gonna keep working on that. But uh, you know, I was I, I I've started you know putting together my own projects here at home and and you know building a game again and building mu- and making music and and doing cool. things that you know can make an impact on yourself. Um, and actually, like, and not to not to emphasize fun because I think. Uh, I think fun is is also kind of like uh, uh, fetishized at this point in a bad yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, having a good time with it at least, like doing yeah. it on your own terms. Yeah, I mean that's. I don't know. After hearing <laughs> your stories, it's like it becomes clear how how much that is like an important thing within gaming to just like have it still be on someone's own, how, your own terms, like the, the the terms of the creator. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can talk again about what goes on uh, in. Oh yeah, in no, a, no, no, no. Seriously, if you, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll like we'll find another time this week to talk about it. I'll, I'll release yeah, absolutely. an episode of this right with this one because honestly, I think that's uh, that's good stuff that people are going to want to hear. Because I have like I have three more things. I don't know. Should we stop recording? I I don't know. Like what? How how <laughs> how much? What what are, what are your three things? Uh well like I started talk I started talked about the first job and working in the industry and all that uh mm-hmm. but like I really want to get into talking about electronic arts and then like yeah. management styles and then like I spent like two years looking for work within the game industry as well as like while I was doing contracts so I want to talk about that and like all the cool. weird stuff you got to go through. Uh, and like talking with recruiters and, and stuff like that. And then, uh, I'd like to actually also talk about, uh, the video game stalker. Uh, if you, okay. if you want to spend a little time on that as well. Um, cool. Yeah. All, that all sounds good. Let's, uh, let's, let's make a date for this week then to talk about all that. Right on. Sick. All right. Thanks again, man. And, uh, and everyone go follow, uh, yeah. at video jamesing. Um, good talking if- to you. Yeah, if you wanna, if you have any questions, I'm full of really bad answers. <laughs> the perfect kind. All right, man. Well, uh, have a good night. Thank you very much. Have a nice one. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to Patreon.com/NoCartridge or for a one-time donation, PayPal.me/Hegelbon. H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to. 